Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find J.D. Power's number one brand and new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Not compatible with any other offer. 0% APR financing for 72 months equal $13.89 per month per $1,000 finance for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital regardless of down payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Offer ends 5222. Hello, go. Ladies and gentlemen, come one, come all, everybody come. An early edition of Bleedies. Geezy is busy. He is otherwise occupied. He's gone. He's okay. Like, he's not gone forever. He's not forgotten. He's just not here tonight. So if you're listening on the podcast, get ready. Because this is just me. I haven't really flexed this muscle in a couple weeks, I feel. So let's talk some wrestling. Let's talk some fantasy football. And let's talk a little NWA Empower when we get to that. Because I watched it. Now... Everyone knows my wrestling aficionado, my wrestling, uh, what's a good word for it? My, my guru, Sonic Gino, he was like, I got to take notes on NWA 73. And I was like, Gino, I might not even watch NWA 73. And now that I had a spoiler alert, somebody dropped a spoiler on my head and let me know who the new, or let, you know what, that's a spoiler. So somebody let me know something about one of the matches involving Nick Aldis. I'm not going to say any more than that. And I was like, what happened at this event? I need to watch this thing later, but I, I'm okay with knowing that that result exists. I'm a little offended that it happened, though. But I did watch Empower. I did a fantasy football. Let, let me walk everyone through this. Let's do a Bleedies solo show. Sit around, everybody. So uh, Friday nights, you know, um, I'm like, okay, you know, I got to stay up a little late tonight. What am I going to do? I got to stay up late because I got the, got the, the, the fantasy football draft of all drafts. I did not partake in any Delta Malachi 8. Malachi Black says we don't need Jeezy. We don't need him. We're going to talk fantasy football, which he was not there for. And I think everybody knows there. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't know why he couldn't stay up late or if he was doing something else that meant. I mean, I don't know. You can do the fantasy football draft from your bed. Like I was sitting on my couch on a laptop. I don't know what I, I think I was watching uh, the rise and fall of ECW or something like that. Like I just had something else on in the background as we did our fantasy football draft for the grit iron. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm having a good time, but I even in my head was like, I need to stay focused. I need to stay level. I need to stay sober. I went to the gym at like eight. So like, I still had like gym adrenaline at like 10 30 PM. Like, I only have an hour left. I was snacking. Malachi Black says Jeezy has no grit. That's why his draft was shitty. His draft was a little sloppy. Like, I think he got a defense in, like, the seventh round, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. That's auto-draft for you. Like, auto-draft, sometimes it seems like auto-draft knows, like, hey, don't get Cam Akers. Don't get some of these guys that you're unsure on. Just get the next best on the board. And then for some reason, it really makes sure you have your roster full before you get any bench players. Like, I know from – from my first year of fantasy football, I knew, like, 
why do I want to get the the de a defense now when I can still get one of these awesome receivers just to store away on my bench? And everybody, you know, there's still some guys when they do their draft, they want to have a really good defense. So maybe they'll they'll get a, def a defense, you know, before they have all their bench spots filled up. But I am a get the defense in the, the second to last round and get your kicker in the final round. Because honestly, it doesn't even really fucking matter. It's like it is a roll of the dice in a lot of ways. Like I remember one year, the 49ers defense or the, the Seahawks defense a couple years ago, people were taking these defenses in the first five rounds. Because they were like, no, these, this is the best defense in the league. You got to have the best defense. And I'm like thinking, no, like one, like you're, you're expecting for me, at least I'm expecting hopefully 10 points from my defense. Like for receivers, I'm hoping for 20 points. I can't sit back. Uh, like I can't sit back and just like allow uh, my defense to, to get the 10. And then my, my receivers are getting 10. The receivers need to get more than that. And so I did the fantasy draft. I stayed up late. I was really, you know, I was excited. I was sitting there. I wasn't super tired. I don't remember. I had a late dinner. I know I did that for sure. I had a late dinner. So I definitely, uh, hey, and Maddie Spice is talking mad shit in the chat here on Trovo.live slash Vleeties, which, by the way, Twitch.tv slash Real Vleeties is functional again. We fixed that one. Pretty pumped about that. YouTube.com slash Ryan Van Vliet. We're live there. Hopefully you're listening on the podcast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated all around. I drafted Derek Carr in like the 14th round. He was like, he was like my last non-receiver running back that I picked. I was like, dude, backup quarterback. Let's get it. Tannehill has COVID. People are like, oh, I don't want Tannehill. COVID's not forever. Plus, Tannehill's vaccinated. He's he's gonna kick it. I got a strong feeling he's gonna play football this year. It's weird how none of the NFL guys who got COVID died. Although it does seem like Cam Newton's career is over. Um, COVID kind of fucked. At least COVID protocols really fucked his career up. Uh, Rezzy, I want to thank you again for subbing on Twitch. Really do appreciate Come on, it. Catch the buzz, feel the sting. For the win, Mad uh, Malachi Black, Nathan Weller, AOC. Got it, my friend. So I did draft Derek Carr. I also drafted uh, J.K. Dobbins. So let me just let me throw that out there immediately. Like fantasy heartbreak does not take long. Prove to me honor. Like it literally can happen the next day. Mana is real. A cast fire! Nathan Willer cast a fire spell. That's what I did there with my arms. For the world champion, stroke daddy Ricky Stocks, who is better in AEW than he was in NWA. But, uh, what is this saying about Yahoo? I want to go look at Yahoo, and Yahoo's like freaking out. Like, I want to look at my roster. Because my roster, honestly, I got to be honest, I kind of agree with Maddie Spice. Not my best draft ever. Now, I always get in my own Come head. On, catch the buzz, feel the sting. Thank you so much, Tyler Spider with the host. I always get in my head so so much when, I'm, when, I, uh, when I do a football draft with Kevin. Because every mock draft, every league I've ever been in. Do you is, remember when we super kicked you right in the face? It's all like the two receivers. Thank you so much, Tyler Spider, for super kicking us all right in the face. Because we're live on Twitch. So we have those sandwiches back. But... Kevin's draft is a little different. We have uh, – so he looks at it like an actual football field, which isn't crazy. It makes sense. So imagine we're going five wide. You know, that's how Kevin's looking at it. You can have five receivers out there. You could have four receivers and a tight end. You could have a couple running backs. Those five wide – that's up to you. The quarterback does what he wants, five wide. You're all – you know, you, you essentially have 
uh, five flex positions in a way. And that makes sense. If you're an offense who has, you know, four good receivers, you're normally running four receivers when you're out there. So it always messes with my head because this is also a full point PPR. And I normally play in a half point PPR or a no PPR. So I have this weird thing in my head where like running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. And even as the number two overall pick in this draft for the gridiron, I took Dalvin Cook because I was like, dude, how do I knock it Dalvin Cook? He's on the board right here. I got to get my Dalvin Cook. He had a lot of fantasy points last season. I'm expecting big things for him again. So I got him. And I like even before the draft starts, Yahoo Sports kind of has like this little thing about like, when you're drafting for the second position, four of the last five seasons, those teams have finished in last. So I was like, well, I'm, uh, I'm kind of anticipating that as we speak now. Now that we're looking at it, I'm thinking I'm going to finish second to last because I had a weird draft. I don't know if it was in my head or what, what it was. A lot of times, Geezy was auto-drafting, so he would go bang, bang, like my two players that I wanted in a row. like Because I would pick, and then two Geezy, and then me. So I would pick like the running back I wanted. Because, like, for example, I think J.K. Dobbins was on the board. So I picked J.K. I was like, okay, I want J.K. Dobbins. And then I wanted like a receiver that went immediately to his team. And I was like, well, there goes that pick. And then it just seemed like auto-draft was fucking me up. Me, like, not knowing when to get a receiver versus when to get a running back or when a receiver was available on my turn. It wasn't necessarily, like, who I would want, but I'm not going to reach. I'm not going to go back for a guy who's devalued eight picks or nine picks down. I was in my own head a lot. I did reach, and even somebody in the in the chat during the draft did let me know. I drafted Odell Beckham really fucking early. Now, the only reason I did that is because I had – I already had J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, and I had Justin Jefferson, and I was looking at this roster. I have so many fucking running backs, and I don't have, like, another receiver. And there were no other receivers on the board that I liked. I like Odell Beckham. I think he he had a couple big games last year, and then he tore his ACL, and everybody just assumes he's the worst player in the NFL. I don't feel that about about you, Odell. I have faith that you're going to have one of those weird Adrian Peterson years where you got hurt, but you're going to come back better than ever, which is probably highly unlikely. But in my head, that just feels so right to me. That feels so so strong and so true. So I drafted Odell Beckham like 12 picks ahead of his average draft value. And you know what? Honestly, I don't even think I looked at like what my draft grade was because I know like Yahoo sends out like like the draft grades. And I didn't even look because once this draft is over, it was like 1 a.m. I was exhausted. And... I was just, I was like, normally I like celebrate. Like I look at my roster. I'm like, really? Yes. This was a good draft for me. And unfortunately, this one wasn't like a draft that I was celebratory afterwards. It really was like, okay, cool. I got Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson on accident. Like I got two Vikings, which I never like to get two guys on the same team. Cause like normally, you know, if they're playing a good team, I'm like, fuck, I got to rely on both these guys. Can't rely on one of them this week. So there were a couple picks that I'm proud of. I liked Jacoby Myers. I got him really late in the draft. It was just one of those picks where I've, I've watched a little preseason to know Jacoby Myers is playing arguably his best preseason, which isn't much. But when you go to the Patriots depth chart, he's like number one. He's there. I can't name any of their other receivers. Hunter Henry, you know, they got tight ends. But as far as receivers go, I think Jacoby Myers was kind of their number one receiver. 
and I got him, you know, with one of my late, uh, like, last four or five picks in this draft. Because uh, I did take Derek Carr really late. I took Tannehill. I like Ryan Tannehill. So I thought, let's get Ryan Tannehill. Here we go. Let's look at my report card from Yahoo. I haven't even opened this yet. So for those watching on Trouble, you'll get to see it. Yahoo is incredibly slow. I don't know if they're going through some maintenance right now. But I'm trying to open things, and things are not opening. But just going through, uh, just like looking at my draft, I went Dalvin Cook first, and I was the second pick. So I then had to wait till the 23rd overall pick, and that's where I got Justin Jefferson, which I like Justin Jefferson. He was really good last season. I think he's got a lot to, to build off of. I think he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about the Justin Jefferson portion. And then I think I came back around, and I might have just went J.K. Dobbins right there with that third round pick or maybe I went Miles Sanders I can flip flop either one of those can't wait for Yahoo to open this fucking email because that'll give me enough uh, enough ammunition to kind of know what I'm talking about Kevin had a good draft Kevin definitely had a good draft G cake cast us stay safe and Malachi then, Black says Jefferson will have second year blues and he, he will suck and he very much could and, uh, oh, I got to open the Botrix window. I'm so sorry, Ayako. I'm trying to open this one email from Yahoo. And, unfortunately, it's not open yet. Let's see if we can get Botrix open so we can have a little TTS interruptions. Because if you're subscribing on Trovo, you can interrupt with a TTS at any, at any moment's notice. One thing I can't stand about Trovo, is, or not even Trovo, about Botrix, is it constantly asks me to log in. Like, constantly. I mean, I can refresh the window and be like, hey, log into your Trovo account real quick. We need to make sure it's you because all the other people are trying to break into my Trovo. Okay, I think it's open. I drafted Ryan Tannehill in the 10th round. Dude, it's a, I needed a quarterback. He was the top quarterback. Malachi Black says I have no idea how I got a C. Yahoo sucks. Yahoo, well, and that's that's the other thing with Yahoo. Like, I remember last season, I, I had, like, A's in a lot of my drafts because I drafted Cam Akers. Because Yahoo was really big on Cam Akers. So I thought, I'll get this Cam Akers guy. I'll ride with it. He's going to be the leading running back in Los Angeles, no doubt. And, uh, no, it didn't really work like that. So he, he, did, he definitely didn't have um, – he definitely didn't have – you know, he got hurt. And it wasn't like this big – he didn't have this huge season that, like, Yahoo thought he would have that Yahoo gave this huge reward to. So, yes, it's official. I got a C-minus. It says, thank you for drafting um, <laughs> with a manager like you. Some things, again, should be in grave shape no matter what the computers say. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you can pull it off, you're a lock for coach of the year, but take our word for it. Blah, 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 blah. Let's view my report card. It didn't go well for your boy, all right? I definitely drafted a lot of dudes in purple, okay? Uh, let's see. Led by a pair of Vikings, dumb things, again, have some work to do. They have solid draft position, but they dropped the ball. Even though they had the number two overall pick, they're projected to finish 10th in the gridiron behind multiple Vikings in the early rounds. Dalvin Cook and Jefferson, dumb things again, are looking at a 3-9-1 record. Yes, and then look, it even says, it says my biggest steal is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, 10th round pick, baby. Tremendous late round bargain. Got him in the 10th round two rounds later than his average draft position. Now, this is just Yahoo telling me that, hey, they, I love that you got a guy that we like. 
Because, yeah, I mean, I like Ryan Tannehill. He's got Julio Jones now. Malachi Black says, let's look at my team next. We can look at all the teams. I mean, that's the best part about uh, uh, Geezy Free Vleeties. I need time to kill. I got time to, to fill here. Jacoby Myers, are you willing to reveal your source? We'd love to know what prompted you to draft him. Number 98 overall, about 30 picks earlier. It's because my, my, my team was full. Who am I supposed to get? So, I don't know. Like, week seven could bring some bi-week flus. Three players, Dalvin Cook, Jefferson, and the Buffalo defense. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Uh, yeah, better late than never. I was the last person to draft a QB. Best. Yeah, I drafted a QB fucking last. Going off projections, we have one of the lightest schedules late in the season in the gridiron second half. But, again, like fantasy football in the second half of the season, like if you look at a lot of my rosters, one of us is going to have a receiver we've never heard of come week three. Yeah, I know, <laughs> Nathan. 30 picks early. I took – Jacoby Myers, 30 picks early. I probably could have got him after Derek Carr, and they would have been like, Derek Carr was a huge steal. What a huge steal for Derek Carr. But you shouldn't have picked Jacoby Myers, even though I got them both anyway. Um, despite opening, uh, or despite an opening at QB in the first round, I went Dalvin Cook, absolutely. What? I didn't fill my flex position with the first pick. See, that makes no sense. But either way... It's not looking good for your boy. And definitely, uh, with with my third pick, J.K. Dobbins already already shit in the bed. Already not looking good. So, I don't know. It's going to be a rough season for me. If you already look at my matchup for week one against Matty Spice, I believe, I am projected to lose by double digits. I am projected to lose by 12. So, not not the best way to start the year. Plus, I'm going, I'm going Derek Carr. Now, I know Maddie Spice talks shit about Derek Carr, but he, he finishes top 20 every year, all right, in fantasy, okay? Top 20 every year. I know that we're only a 12-team league, so that means there's like, I don't know, five guys ahead of him or something, seven guys. But uh, I'm sticking with Derek Carr. And if Ryan Tannehill can play, I'll put in Ryan Tannehill and get these 27 projected points. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going up against Maddie Spice. He's got Kyler Murray. Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, great pick. Antonio Gibson, I like that pick. Robbie Anderson just signed a contract extension. He's going to have a big year. Uh, the kicker from Buffalo and the Tampa defense against Dallas on a Thursday night. Not a bad decision. You kind of want to play those defenses on – you want like week one you want to go by the matchup, and that's why I'm playing Pittsburgh because who knows what the fuck's happening there, right, Matty Spice? Your team was named the Steelers suck now. Until uh, until I saw this now, but I, I I got some moves. All right, I got some guys on the bench with double digit numbers. I have nobody suspended. I have nobody raping massage therapist. I have nobody who uh, I have no former WWE twenty four seven champions. And uh, I you took a flyer. You're gonna go with hey Baltimore's got a running back. See, I do like that about my team. Is as far as like my bench, my bench is looking fucking great. No one on my bench is projected to score less than 13 points in week one. However, that just doesn't translate onto the starting lineup where I am going up against teams that are uh, projected at 16 per player. So it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a few more catches out of the backfield for my best friend, Miles Gaskin, who's got to step up now that J.K. Dobbins is hurt. Or I might even just pull the trigger with Jacoby Myers week one. Who knows? He's projected to get 14 every fucking week, according to Yahoo. Maybe they haven't updated this yet. <laughs> Maybe they haven't updated any of this shit. All 14s down the lane. 
Jacoby Myers is going to be consistent no matter what. All right. But I'm, I'm excited to see how this team works out. Let's take a look at Geezy's team. He's not here, but the China virus is running wild as we speak. And I, so when auto draft got Jalen Hurts for him, I was like, it's going to be one of those years for Geezy. He's got A.J. Brown. That was one of the receivers I was, like, looking at. And I think I took J.K. Dobbins first. I was like, fuck. All right, I guess I'll have to get. I guess I can't get A.J. Brown yet. I will wait. Auto draft got him. He got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, for what it's worth. Joe Mixon in the grit iron is a useless pick. He doesn't catch anything out of the backfield. So, DeAndre Swift, same deal. Not looking good. Um, DJ Moore. Like, what an interesting QB to have as, like, second. DJ Moore is his second receiver behind A.J. Brown. Like, And then I, they really fucked his bench, too. His bench is fucked. Holy shit. Tyler Boyd. I mean, that's good. Jamal Williams on a new team in Detroit. So he's got DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Have fun figuring out that. He's got Matt Ryan on the bench. Have fun with that as your backup. Jalen Hurts is his starter. Here's where auto draft really fucks things up. He's got the LA defense and the and the, he's got the LA Rams defense. Let me make that. Let me be specific. He's got the New Orleans defense on the bench behind the Rams defense. And then he's got Greg Zerline. And for some reason. Yahoo Fantasy decided he needs another kicker, and that's why he's got Ryan Suckup, who's on the COVID-19 list. What is happening with this auto-draft system? Like, it would be okay if auto-draft, you can, like, tell it. Like, hey, don't draft a receiver, or don't draft a receiver till the third round. Don't draft a quarterback till the ninth round. Don't draft, you know, like, if you could tell it how to be, then it makes a little sense how to work it. And Maddie Spice in the chat. He got a B grade. That this this proves that the grades don't mean shit. Uh, Yahoo gave itself a B grade because it's got the best backup kicker in the league. Like there's no way there there's no way that any reasonable fantasy football player knows or fantasy football general manager knows that that's a good looking lineup. It's not. It really isn't. So just going based on um. I like that you can do pick to win. Because uh, I'm not picking myself. I'll pick Maddie Spice to win that one. I think he's got. The, he's a lock for that one. But I'm excited for this season. I just. I know that I fucked it up. Oh, so uh, for those watching on Trovo or Twitch or YouTube, this is a native Texan Pilsner, my friends. It's kind of a darker Pilsner, but it's really freaking good. Independence Brewing Company in Austin, Texas. Phenomenal beer. I had this for the first time at a Rangers game. And uh, it was actually, I know it's like a baseball game, so 24 ounce of one of these for like 12 bucks. Like in my, in my opinion, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. So going based on highest projected for week one, it's between Geezy and the Bengals got grit. Liam's coming in with a 120. I'm not the worst. I am the worst team. <laughs> I'm sitting at a cozy 116 projected and that's the lowest. That is not good. So I don't know. It's not, I'm not too upset, but I'm a little annoyed at how low I'm projected. I, I got in my own head. I drafted too many running backs. Chase Edmonds is on the training block for a decent receiver. I'll, I'll take it where I can get it. So before we go to the, the phone lines, if you will, or what's, what's your, what's Nathan's team name? I don't remember. Is he Deshaun of the dead? 
did he make a rape joke is his team name that does that seems like it might be a Nathan Weller bit to go with that one I'm one two two so you're a one two two does that make you Deshaun of the dead you are Deshaun of the dead <laughs> called it I know things I know things so yeah I'm excited for this football season I think they're toning down on the wokeness so far we'll see how that goes Although I feel like I'm the only one who watched the Olympics this year because, you know, I keep hearing about woke Olympics and people are really like, uh, like, like people are, are still, like I still hear at work conversations about Simone Biles and mental health and all this. And I even asked my boss the other day, I was like, well, did you watch the Olympics? Like, you know, it, it's, if you watched it, she almost fell off the fucking pat, like the mat. She did a handspring back thing off that little springboard and almost landed on the asphalt. And then she talked to her coach, and then next thing you know, she was off the, the floor. So we can say, oh, it's about mental health. It was about her coach probably was like, hey, Simone, let me know. Can you do this or no? And she goes, I'm not feeling this tonight. I got to go. Sorry. Look at Yahoo. Are we serious? This is Yahoo's website. Sorry, Nathan. Well, you know what? Let's just leave it up. We'll see what happens because we don't need to go there yet. Uh, I do want to. Uh, it continues. The uh, the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan. This isn't news anymore. It's just the reality that we're in. And uh, I might just be a new tradition here on Bleedies to go to chaotic and show people that maybe have not seen any of these videos. Like maybe you're a normal person, so you don't find this shit. But I definitely found another video. Uh, well, I mean, I think everybody's. If you, you've probably seen it by now if you follow the right people, but. Um, the uh, the Taliban, they have uh, commandeered their helicopters, obviously. So for those who don't know, I mean, when they they Americans that are now no longer at the base in Afghanistan, all of the the tanks, the Humvees, the helicopters, the machine guns, whatever was there, is now in possession uh, of the Taliban. So pretty much, we just got mugged, we got bitch slapped out of there, and that's why and that's why patriots are pissed. So I don't know why people are like, why are you guys mad at Joe Biden? So uh, just a little 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 snippet from Chaotic here. Uh, this is a traitor who is being hanged from a helicopter. So now that they have an American helicopter, they are hanging a, uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, for somebody from Afghanistan, it's not an American. And uh, it's somebody just being hung from one of our helicopters. They're flying around, showing their dominance, showing... I mean, like, and like I said... You know, I, I've had I've had liberals ask me, like, why are we even in Afghanistan? It's because if we weren't, this would be happening a lot more. And they'd probably be recruiting more soldiers to who to want to do this, to come to America and blow up more buildings, to go to uh, what was it? Go to community centers in San Bernardino and shoot up the place. So, I mean, there's always there the, the, terrorism exists. And the best way to combat it is to to get. I, I believe that if we if we work on democracy in Afghanistan and help the people there, we do create a better Malachi world. Malachi Black says someone told me that Biden ordered a bomb strike before leaving is TS. Is T well no, so there was a uh there there was a uh a drone strike. There was a drone strike. We did get one of the Taliban leaders, one of the leaders of the Taliban. We got one. So they killed thirteen Marines. We got one guy from the Taliban. We got a bunch of troops. We got choppers. We got bazookas. We got a lot of weapons. We got one of their guys. They got 13 of ours. The last plane from Kabul, uh, I think, was here today or yesterday. No Americans on that plane, by the way. All the refugees. There's still Americans in Afghanistan. They've been left there. 
Like, it's sad. It's barbaric. It's idiotic. It's insane to think that in 2021, uh, we're, we're witnessing, like, I mean, real-life terrorism happening. And, like, I get, like, some of the arguments that I'm hearing is, like, well, it's not all Biden's fault. And, like, I get that. I get that it's not all Biden's fault. But the fact that this could have been prevented is Biden's fault. Like, there was a peace treaty that Trump had, and Trump even had a tweet in all caps saying, if you fuck this up, we will fuck you up. He didn't say it like that, but it was kind of like that. And, you know, when, when I think of just some of these some of these clips that I'm seeing, it really is like, sure, these clips existed when when Trump was in office as well. Like, you can go on Chaotic or go to any of these live leak sites or whatever, and you can witness some of the worst shit ever. And it's just sad that now, like, I mean, you can go click on the Taliban tab almost. Like, it's just, oh, you want to see what they're up to? Here they are. And, you know, I, I always bring up the two terrorists from Yemen who were captured at our southern border. And, you know, lib, lib, <laughs> liberal people, you know, Democrats or whatever, still don't, st- they're convinced that securing the southern border is about racist, we're racist against Mexicans. Like, that's all that it could mean. We're not worried about who comes into this country. We just don't want Mexicans. No, we captured two terrorists from Yemen. And now that that border is not secure, fucking here they come. There's there's monsters out there, people. And I think that's another argument that I that I get into because I, I brought it up last week. That post from the Democrat on Instagram who was saying, when I was 13, I realized that Republicans are every man for themselves. And Democrats are. We're all in this together. And I remember when, like, when I when I read that, I was like, I mean, that's a fun philosophy. But like if this if these people are hanging if these guys are hanging dudes from helicopters, um, I don't think they're in it with us. They're not. We're not all in this together. These guys are clearly like, no, nope, you guys are in your own fucking la la pussyfoot and shit. We are going to uh, we're going to hang people from helicopters. We're going to scalp people. We're going to cut heads off. Sip of water real quick for all the podcasters. That'll be why they're silent. People on Trovo, I'm drinking out of a gallon. I might have bad news regarding Thursday's stream, by the way, because I am moving. That's one of the reasons I'm drinking this gallon. I'm moving on Friday. Or I might be moving on. We can do a Thursday thing. Maybe we'll just do we'll just do a quick 90 minutes. Why not? Quick 180 minutes. No big deal. No big deal, right? We'll figure it out. But I don't know. The more the more of these videos that I see. It just makes me like I, I want to show people these videos, but people don't want to see these videos. And and I've seen I've seen people, you know, I think it was my aunt who was like, why are we blaming Joe Biden for a for a 20 year problem? You know, so this right here, this is a, I think he's the police chief in near Kabul, like that part of Afghanistan. And uh He's tied up. He's blindfolded. He's just on the ground. I haven't seen this video. I assume it doesn't end well. But um, th- this really is like like people are like, oh, this isn't Biden's fault, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, there is 13 dead soldiers, not not even counting the other dead Americans that were there who worked there. Oh, this guy's getting shot or blown up or both shot and blown up or both so yeah this video obviously the police chief is just on his knees and they're just smoking him 
and now he's dead. So we got an execution style death. He's still he's already dead and they're still shooting him. And this is those videos, yeah, bad vibes from the chat. I mean, this is happening somewhere that we had a presence in. Our goal was to establish peace there. And I think that's gone. I like look at it. It's gone. I'm not even going to think it. So if you're like arguing like no, Biden's doing a great job. Watch this video. Go to Vleeties. Uh, go to trailville.live slash Vleeties. Fast forward to wherever I'm at. Just find it. And uh, there's a man getting shot a million fucking times. GK cast a stay safe spell, especially in these times. We all need to be staying safe um, because it really is like this is out there. And that's what I think that a lot of a lot of my friends just don't they, they don't want to think it. They want to live in a world where everything's chill, bruh. Like, everything's cool. You can be whatever gender you want. Meanwhile, I think they're forgetting that monsters exist. Monsters very much exist. This is a video of people in the street. Uh, this I think this is a woman. They're jumping on her. These guys are tied up. They're on the ground. Their heads have been shaved. They're, they're getting whipped. She's getting kicked and stomped on. So, and I know. I know. Nathan Kester stay safe as well. I know that these videos are terrible. And if you haven't been listening to hashtags and headlines, I mean, this is pretty much what we talk about. I'm supposed to close that window. I'm supposed to switch displays because there's always like nudie pics on the side <laughs> of chaotic.com. Three stay safes for Maddie Spice. Because it really is some of the most horrific shit I've ever seen. But speaking of horrific shit, Nathan Weller, star and lineup. No, see, Macho Punk in the chat says, Vleeties, we know how bad it is. You know, Macho Punk. Nathan knows. Maddie Spice. We know. My small little group of people that listen live, the people that ride with me, thank you for riding with El Ray. Like those people, those people know. They see it. They ask about it. We talk about it in the Discord. We're worried. And it's not even, and like, I was having a conversation with my cousin tonight. And it was even like, you know, she, she was like, I see, I see good on both sides. I don't know which side I'm supposed to be. And like, for me, it's like, I wish I had that problem. I don't. I am a right leaning person. I'm a right jumping person. I want to agree with people who their mind goes left. It goes that way. But then you lose me because I just feel like. When you sit back and look at everything from a, from a position of being calm, I think it's way different. I think it's way different the way that I think compared to some other people. Other people thinking hashtags and headlines. They want a catchphrase. I want a paragraph. I want a story. I want an explanation. I need reasoning. I need deductive reasoning. I need clear thought. I need all of that laid out for me. I don't want you to be able to explain your opinion to me in a hashtag. Maybe that's where I'm different. Maybe that's where the, uh, the Republican Party's different. Maybe that's where Nathan Weller is different. But you know where Nathan Weller is really different? He's got a good fantasy football team and not me. Now, he has Damian Harris as a running back. Damian Harris with the New England Patriots, obviously, he is, like, their number one back. But they have – they always kind of lean on James White every once in a while. Like, I don't draft Patriots running backs. I just don't trust them. Like, for a few years, I rode with Randy Moss. I'd ride with Welker every once in a while. I can ride with some of their receivers. But when I look at Damian Harris, when I look at Corey Dillon or Rex Burkhead or um, Deion Lewis or Silas Gray or whatever that guy's name is, 
Like, they just have a plethora of running backs. They just fucking plug in there. They just plug in. Now, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I love Devontae Adams. Matty Stafford, I'm, I'm on the fence about. A lot of people are really high on Matty Stafford. So, we'll see. I'm just curious. But I love Adams, Hopkins, Jacobs, Godwin. Godwin was hurt a lot last year. So, I'm going to apply the same Odell Beckham Jr. logic. Matty Spice, of course, hates Josh Jacobs. He doesn't like he doesn't like Raiders for some reason. He doesn't like a team that almost made it to the AFC Championship a few years ago if Derek Carr didn't get hurt. What a year that was. Can you imagine what we'd be talking about? I do like this Rondale Moore pick, by the way. So your bench also has some stacked sleepers. James Conner, he might, he might take that job from Chase Edmonds. It's unclear what's going to happen there. Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny. You're going to have to wait until the later half of the season to see if he wakes up in time. Kenny Galladay, he's going to have an interesting year. He's moving to New York. Danny Dimes is his quarterback. I don't really trust any Giants receivers. Um, Jalen Waddle, who you love, not big on Jalen Waddle. I like I'll, Tua. I'll believe it when we see it. I like Tua. We'll see what he does. Um, college football is coming back in a big way. We had a big week uh, this past Saturday. Hawaii got stomped by UCLA. Uh, the Warriors just they, they don't know how to turn it on when they go to the mainland. They are only good when they are in Hawaii. Other than that, they are useless. And Maddie Spice, I love your Chargers defense pick, um, and I love your Mason Crosby pick. However, you don't have you don't have a strong bench defense. You don't have a strong bench kicker, which is why Geezy has a better team than you. So better luck next year, Nathan Weller. Better luck next year. Got a couple roll tides in the chat from a man. Macho Punk. Miami is playing Alabama this weekend. Is that in Alabama? That'll be dope. Miami's going to get smoked. It would actually be a better game. I prefer to see that game in Miami because I think Miami, not that they have a chance, but it would be more entertaining if they were it would, oh, it's in Atlanta. Neutral site. Okay, that makes sense. Put it. I mean, by the way, neutral site in Atlanta means World Tide. It's going to be Alabama fucking crazy. Those fans will make the trip. I don't think people are driving up from Miami to watch the Canes. Oh, it's Miami of Ohio. We're not looking good at all then. Uh, one of my customers is in Miami, Oklahoma, which and they pronounce it Miami. So let's let's let the crazy continue. Speaking of letting the crazy continue, NWA Empower. So if you're out there, Gino, which I assume you are, I'm hopping into the general chat. Maddie Spice, if you're out there, I assume you are. If you want to jump in, you can. We're going to talk wrestling. I don't have much pucks tonight. No pucks on my end. Gino, NWA Empower. Now, I've not watched Raw, WWE, Yawn, although SmackDown is really good. NWA Empower was fantastic. Now, I'm being sincere. This was the most shocking pay-per-view I've ever watched because I went into it like, how are they going to pace this thing out? This thing, like, it just, and when I saw... Gino, you're here. You're wrestling. Hey, get easy, eh? What did you think of the order of the matches? Did that throw you off at all the way, like, the title matches weren't last? It did, but at the same time, I understood that they wanted to put the match that was going to be on the next show as the main event to figure out who Camille was going to fight. So I understood why they wanted to put that battle royal to be last, just so if anyone from earlier in the night could have shown up. Well, but we already knew the entire card. There's probably a lot of, of Ryan Van Vliet booking in there, too, because when I do book 
like t tournaments or whatever, I actually look like, okay, well, this baby face is going to advance. So that means a heel has to advance on this side of the bracket. Like I make sure it's always heel baby face. We're telling the same story and over and over again. And then the finals is always heel baby face or might even face face, never heel heel. So that's kind of where I book. So maybe that's exactly what they did. Where like if Chelsea Green wins that battle royal or that gauntlet earlier in the night, you know, the baby face is advancing and you kind of can tell that it's oh Camille's going to win. So they'll do Chelsea versus Camille because otherwise Chelsea versus Layla doesn't have that same. It doesn't have that same to it. You know, I, I just don't I, I don't see that that match having the same like, oh, you got to buy the pay-per-view now. However, if you let Camille win and then you have Chelsea win that match later, you kind of show Chelsea is like this hero at the end of the night. Women, you know how she was holding up that trophy and there was a bunch of chicks out there. Like it kind of sets up, hey, we're going to have an awesome show tomorrow night as well. Chelsea versus Camille. It's going to be fun. I don't know. I thought the entire thing was great. I just thought it was weird. Camille holding the NWA women's title didn't conclude the NWA all women's pay-per-view. Again, I can understand that, but they want to still sell for tomorrow's event, which I understood a little bit better. And I just, I do hate myself that I was thinking more with my head than my heart. I, I, I felt that Chelsea was going to win, but I was like, <laughs> they're going to really push Tara Terrell's group. They need to push it. They need to make Tara Terrell the top. He is. Dude, as soon as, honestly, as soon as 2D Lynn came out, I was like, this is who's going to win. Because now, for those who don't know, there's this wrestler named Tootie Lynn. Now, when I say for those who don't know, I mean everyone other than me and Gino. And I didn't even know until last night. Like, I didn't know, or the other night. I didn't know who that was. I don't think anybody knew who that was. But this wrestler comes out. She is a, a black superstar. And she comes out to the... I mean, I know that it's it's NWA, and it's in an arena with like, a, like maybe 500 people at the most. And... She got a Road Warrior pop. I mean, this place fucking blew the lid off from St. Louis, Missouri. And yeah, I was so I was like, oh, my God. This chick. with her family. Her mom's in the front row on camera the entire time. Like, they had, you know, they, they do the shot where they do the impact wrestling shot where the entrance ramp is in the background. So they don't show you how empty the crowd is. Did you notice there were dudes sitting at circle tables? Like, you can, yes. have, like, you can have, like, dinner at this banquet hall while there's a wrestling match happening. So so she comes out to this road warrior pop. And Chelsea came out first. So when it was final two, spoiler alert. You know what I mean? Spoiler We're reviewing the event. Yeah. This is our official review. I was so excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, we're starting with the main event. That's like, how our review yeah, should exactly. be. Yeah, exactly. I'm starting with the very last thing that I saw. So Chelsea Green comes out first. She actually looks – now, I go back and forth on this, Gino. Can we be toxic masculine men for a second here? I go back okay. and forth so frequently where I look at her sometimes, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, everyone acts like she's, like, the hottest chick. And then – because I watched Tough Enough a couple months ago, and I was like, she's not that hot. And then she comes out at NWA in power. I mean, I, I was texting Rezzy, move over, Diana Parazzo. We got ourselves a new babe in town. Chelsea looked outstanding. Is this like a new thing? She's always kind of looked outstanding to me, like getting back when Impact during the hot mess stuff. I was a big fan of it, but that's because I just liked her wrestling skill and her actual build this character. She she put like, when she did the makeup everywhere, it didn't make me, 
it didn't make me like ah, I don't know if she's hot or not. Like I remember seeing her a few times, like ah, she's whatever. Because when you watch her in Tough Enough, maybe she's like, I don't know what it is. Uh, Nathan in the chat was there a bra and panties match? No, but there were hot chicks. I swear. Right now, maybe did I fall asleep? Did that sky blue match not happen? Uh, that sky blue match apparently was on the pre-show. Oh, I'm looking at the uh, show and the uh, match that I was right about was on the dark match uh, with Taryn Terrell's uh, chick. She was managing was on the dark. Uh, okay. Taryn Terrell, by the way, speaking of bra and panties matches. Wow. She looked amazing. Nathan, you should yes, watch the pay-per-view. I was so shocked because they showed her like I watched the first episode of season three or whatever. And she was like doing commentary like, well, I got to get back in the gym if I'm going to compete with these women. And I haven't watched in a few months. The gym has been fucking working. She looks yeah. outstanding. She looks so she's perfect. In great shape. I mean, I just, probably the best shape she's ever been. Like, if I think back to her entire career so far, she's she's had she's had kids. She's had kids, and she looks amazing. Like, I just I was wowed. I was just like, I, I this was the greatest pay per view ever because Tara Terrell looked outstanding, and there were some really really good matches on this show. Now I don't even have the card up in front of me. I just was like. NWA power and I was like I'll just remember everything as soon as I start talking about it now if we could continue going to the end now there were a few moments now here's where you and I are going to now now that we just talked about how hot Chelsea Green is how hot Taryn Terrell is uh, you and I both cried during this pay-per-view now I can admit that I cried I don't know when you cried exactly but I definitely had a few moments now I went into this event like not I was kind of like this is kind of annoying like I was annoyed that the women were really acting like they were underdogs and that women have never been given a chance. And I think I even messaged you, like, what would the four horse women say about this? What would Ronda Rousey, Trish Stratus, Lita, like, what would all these women who really, really, like, are doing it and doing it well, what would they say about this? Now, Ronda was fucking in love with this pay-per-view. Um, yeah. And for good reason. It was a very good show. But so good. Hearing some of the like the stories these women were telling, like Marty Bell, that was the annoying one. Marty Bell and Allison Kay come down to the ring crying, or Marty's crying, and I'm like, okay, like this isn't. You're not the first women wrestling in Saudi Arabia. You're like you're not main eventing WrestleMania. There's been an all women's pay per view. She wrestled in an all women's tournament, the Mae Young Classic, which was technically a pay per view. You had to pay to watch it. So, I like all these things didn't make me cry. I think I did cry when Tootie Lynn, she, she loses, right? So I, And yeah. I don't know who this Tootie Lynn is. I've known her for five minutes. I have already met her mother. I know she's from St. Louis. The crowd went apeshit for her. So when she loses and goes outside the ring and hugs her mom and they're both crying, that's when it happened. Now, I'm a father, and when I, I, I watched, you know, I can only imagine your kiddo grows up. Here she is on what seemed like a really big pay-per-view, Huge. Her, yeah. I mean, that whole – the way that crowd treated her, it was like – I mean, Mick Foley might as well have come out of Madison Square Garden. Like, CM Punk came out in Chicago. Like, this place went apeshit. Britt Brit Baker came out in Pittsburgh. Like, it was crazy. Stone Cold's big returns. <laughs> yeah, Austin That's comes out. Fun. Like, all this shit was, was nuts. So, yeah, like, when she's hugging her mom, I started tearing up. Now, a lot of the – a lot of the women clapping on the stage was a little, like, annoying. Like, even Camille was out there, like, not in character. You know, everyone was out of character just hugging and high-fiving. Like, that was kind of like, all right, I get it. You're all women. Hey, and, and Chelsea Green standing there looking strong, like, hey, I have this trophy. I'm the face of women's wrestling. And uh, 
you know, her opponent for tomorrow night's just standing up there shooting the shit with genocide. Like, it was just weird. It was, but like I'll get since you brought up about you crying, the big thing that first got me to cry was Kong. Kong and Gale. That that got me to tear up. And I didn't see and I didn't get it because like I I mean I get it. Like I know the um, her and Gail Kim obviously had some kick ass matches uh, available now on Impact Plus promo code of Wheaties. And it just was like I get they've had some kick ass matches, but when when Kong came out and retired, it was like Weren't you already retired? Because she did like a, if I was going to come back, it was going to be for something important. And, you know, she even meant reference like sitting on the couch. And I was like, <sighs> like, hasn't she always kind of looked like that? No offense. Not fat shaming. I'm just pointing out the obvious that she's always kind of looked like that. I don't know. Am I being too, like, what What about it brought it out of you? It's the two of them together. Because the last time I remember them in a ring together was the Hall of Fame for Gail. And it just remind me all that together. But that was Gail's retirement, and it's Kong's retirement. They're both still together, and they're as close as they are still as friends. I'm... Like that just remind me again from the beginning of Impact, where we got the big impactful change of women's wrestling. That without Kong and Gail, we probably wouldn't have WWE being as focused with women. I'm kind of pissed off that Kong retired. Like, I don't know why. Like, I know that she's 43 years old as I'm looking at. I knew she was in her 40s. I know Gail Kim's 40-something. These chicks can wrestle. If John Cena's out here main event in SummerSlams, I can get some more Gail Kim in WWE matches. I can get some Kong matches. I saw Awesome Kong back in, like, 2010 at, uh, at EWF, Empire Wrestling Federation, where I've also seen, I think I saw Kazarian. Uh, I, a lot of guys come through there. I, oh, I saw Scorpio Sky. I realized, I was. Uh, I realized that he wrestled. He was the champion there, and I was like, "Did Scorpio Sky wrestle there?" Because I that was my promotion. I would always go to EWF. I saw Chris Masters a few times. I'd see Joey Ryan all the time. But I'm like offended that Kong would show up, get me excited. Hell yeah! I can't wait for Kong and Camille. And then she's like, oh, "I'm gonna retire." Like what? I need you to keep wrestling. And also, uh, I need her to finish Glow Season 4. Well, the good thing is, again, uh, there was this one woman who interviewed Kong backstage, and she said, even though I'm retiring from in-ring, she could now do, like, production work. She could actually help build women and help actual women's matches be good. So if she goes back to AEW, we could possibly actually have good, big women's matches and have Nyla actually maybe look like a credible threat. No, Or have no. some women actually be good. Nilo, if they have an agent like fucking Kong, Nyla would be great in New Japan. Like, I like get her away from yeah, the get her away from the stuff that I watch. Like, I would like her to be not on what I watch. Like, no offense to Nyla, but I don't know. I don't like her. Him. I don't care. I don't like it. So whatever. I don't like her. I've never liked her any of her matches. It's not like she's this incredible athlete. Like, it really does feel like she's like Kong. So I was sitting on the couch and I was like, "What's gonna make me come back to the ring?" And it's like. It feels like that's every week for Nyla, and I, I feel like when I when I heard that rumor or read that rumor, uh, Meltzer report. I was listening to something to wrestle with again. Meltzer reported in his newsletter that uh, Nyla Rose. I, that sounds like Jr. Nyla Rose is uh, making quite a bit of money there. Like the highest paid female in the company. Get out of my fucking face. Like have a good match and then we'll talk about a paycheck. But she should get the Daniel Pewter. Fucking okay. Hey, we're gonna pay you a million, and then after year one, it's like. Hey, would you sign a developmental deal for forty grand? Like that's what it feels like when I watch her matches. So Kong should go to 
Uh, Impact. I don't know why you didn't – like, usually you and I are on the same page. Kong should go to Impact. Tiana Parazzo, Tennille da- – her and Tennille would have some fun-ass matches. Like, well, again, it's, I'm not saying about them wrestling. I'm talking about, like, just agents. Because, again, she'd be oh, able to produce matches. No, yeah, because get... she's, she's done with in-ring. So no, like, don't let as it be an done. Force her to she wrestle, Gino. Why are you giving up? This is the, like imagine if Mick Foley after he fell off the cell was like, "No, I'm done." It's like, please just have this fucking match with Randy, please. And then he did it, and it was great. And they were like, "Please have this match with Ric Flair," and it was terrible. But either way, it's still like, hey, we could get more out of these guys. How many last matches has Terry Funk had? Like, you never actually. Re- Madison Rain wrestled at, uh, in, what was the name of that thing? Envision. Emergence. Emergence. She wrestled at Envision. So. Yeah, and like these people don't retire forever. And someone like Kong, who was never in like this amazing ring shape anyway, she's known for her size and her dominance. She could still go out there and have some kick-ass matches. Like I don't know why, I don't know why she retired. It's not like she's been super active these past couple of years. Like after Karma, like it really fell off. Like me seeing her, I saw her on Glow. Um, I mean, so we are forgetting about the Nightmare Collective. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We that are, whole yeah. Time, short time with AEW. You know what? We're, wow. I completely forgot about that. Yes. Um. And, yeah, I'm glad she got out of that because that was absolutely There you terrible. go. That, that's a good thing for her to at least retire on a good note and not AEW. Is her that's last what? Thing just st- stay away from AEW. AEW is working on it, okay? They finally have Britt Baker. For some reason, they're going Statlander now. Uh, we didn't get a Sheeta rematch, which is always weird. Like, how come these women lose their belt and then they're like, you know what? I got to work on myself. I'm going to dark for a year. Like, <clears throat> if I lose my championship, Riho, Nyla, Sheeta, I mean, I'm fucking going to Tony Khan's office immediately after and going, Tony, you saw what happened out there. I want my rematch, and I want it on Dynamite this Wednesday on TNT. It's- I mean, you wouldn't want to have your record have, like, a limitless amount of wins, and then you could be seen as the number one contender in the rankings I don't that they to, care about. Yeah, I don't need to beat Jody Williams. I don't need to beat uh maxima maxima diva like i don't need to beat all these random names i see on the ticker on dynamite like whenever that ticker rolls by that's like nathan listening to me talk he's like who the fuck is ryan talking about now he's you know i'm like oh allison k and marty bell are great and he's like he's making up names again he's reading the ticker on dynamite like that's all it seems i so i'm losing my belt i'm marching into tk's office or cody if cody's like i'm gonna run it up the flagpole I'm putting him in a Taz mission so fucking fast. How come Taz doesn't wrestle anymore? What's up with his neck? His, his neck's been, like, messed up since, like, when the fuck was? When was the last time he actually wrestled? Last match I saw was One Night Stand, him and Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that was his last match. You got to have an epic last match. He went out with Jerry Lawler. He didn't even break a sweat. He uh, choked him out, went, went and did commentary. It was great. God, you know, it's funny. I've been listening to a lot of old someone to wrestle with, and it could just be this whole discussion. I could sit here with my friend Gino and talk about the because I even wrote in the description worst championships. And like I was listening to Bruce and Conrad, my best friends, and they were talking about um, the European title, the hardcore title and the light heavyweight title all got introduced within like an eight month span. And I just remember like that lightweight title was so ridiculous that European title was so useless. Like, they really, it just went through this weird, like, boom, let's have a bunch of titles. Like, it went from Intercontinental, WWF, tag titles, and then they had to bring in a women's title. They didn't even have that. 
And then suddenly it was like, boom, all these extra belts. We need extra belts. But we'll do like. Go ahead. I'm just remembering the, uh, again, when you bring up how useless, like, the European title was, for, like, about almost a year, it was just Regal RVD, it felt like. Oh. That was just always the match. Well, and even, like, playing Regal. the video games, like, when you would do the draft, you were like, oh, Regal's the European champion. No shit. Like, if it wasn't anyone European, like, that's – we'll get into that. Let's let's leave yes. that. Let's finish in power. We'll put worst championships in its own place, and we'll, we'll, we will move down the line there. We will keep – we will keep on moving – uh, we will not take away from the women of this show. Let's start at the beginning. So, so you cried when. So, for those who don't know, Gail Kim was out there. Who went to beat her up? Didn't somebody go to beat her up? Wasn't it Deanna? No, Deanna attacked Mickey tomorrow, uh, the night after. Yeah, okay. yeah. Wasn't it? Was it Hell on Heels, yeah, Renee yeah. Michelle, and Saharis? Or was I think it? It was like Taryn Terrell's group, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it, it was Taryn Terrell because Taryn just kind of rolled out of the ring and like kind of like sour faced and left. Um, yeah. And Genocide took a bump, and I was like, isn't she wrestling later? So, um, yes, that's <coughs> – so they, they were going to attack Gail, and then out comes Kong. Kong's music hit, and you would have thought fucking CM Punk showed up. This place went – I want to go to an NWA show. Like, this was the best show of, like, hey, this isn't WWE, this isn't AEW, but we're really excited to watch some wrestling tonight. And they were they, they were fucking in it. I was like, I – they really made this show. Like I, I. They also, yeah. I will say they also made seventy three. Seventy three was such a major show because that crowd in St. Louis. Yeah, I gotta see. I gotta arena finish. Yeah, the the chase looked kind of interesting. They did a good job. I mean, it kind of looked like the Impact Zone, if I can be honest. Skyway Studios or whatever. But, um, but I, they made it their own, which is what I like. The NWA just right on the ramp. Yeah, I'll, the look of it was very cool. I just felt like it was still like when you look at a WWE entrance and an AEW, like get rid of those expectations. This isn't Wrestle Kingdom ten. This is definitely NWA seventy three. Okay, so yeah, it's it's it is what it is, and it was a lot of fun. Were there audio difficulties? Sure, but it wouldn't be an NWA sh- show without it. Did um what was did Lady Frost come to the ring and they left the graphic of her name on the screen for like three minutes? As she just, I think they did happen. Yeah, they just kept seeing Lady oh, Frost. Oh, yeah, this happened. Lady Frost was standing on the outside of the ring, like, not wanting to go in. And I swear, whoever was in the, the truck went to go take a piss. Because, like, you could like you could hear the announcers were still calling the action in the ring. And somebody even almost got eliminated. And the camera is on Lady Frost with her graphic that still says Lady Frost. And she's just standing on the outside like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting in that ring. I'm too smart for this. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna make an impact. They yeah. want to make sure you know her name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's in my brain. Yeah, definitely. Lady Frost did not just run into the ring, and she didn't do the obligatory like get in the ring and drop a bunch of people with forearm shots and and big boots. She's like, no, nope, I'm not even going in. And then uh, Debbie Malenko, who I found out is like Dean's sister. I like. I thought it was going to be some young girl coming at her, and this old lady oh. runs out. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's like Dean's sister, I bet. Yes. Or his wife. Like, it really was not at all what I expect. You know how wrestling is. I'm expecting, like, Tessa or some hot chick to run down, Santino's daughter, who still doesn't know how to wrestle. Like, some of these women are running out there, and I'm like, here we go. And then Debbie came out, and I was like, oh, she's, like, probably actually a really talented in-ring performer. But she just never got anywhere because she's always looked like an old blonde lady. Like, she just doesn't look like, like, it's almost like, hey, we're casting a movie. We need Tori Wilson when she's 80. Perfect. Sadly, that is the case. She's <laughs> just a 
past it, old blonde, not a wrestler in the mainstream eyes. The show starts with a triple threat match because I didn't get to see Christy James. Now Sky Blue did win, so that yes. that was I, I'm sure that was fine. It was only five minutes, so who knows? NWA, NWA tends to have shorter matches, which is fine. I mean, they they save the longer ones for when it counts, title matches and whatever. Um, like I swear that we'll get to it. Um, yeah. Diamante, your your girl from AEW. I think that's Kiara Hogan's wife, right? Yes, they're gay, they're gay together. I don't know if they're married or if they're just dating. But they're definitely together. She fucking won. How do you not like? How do you not? I was, what was that I, TTS? I don't know. That's who. Ricardo says penis. penis. He said penis. Now, I was a little no- annoyed when Kiara Hogan came out because people were saying, oh, Sasha Banks 2.0, huh? I was like, no, this is not Sasha Banks. This is Kiara Hogan end dot period, okay? Now, yes. what did you think of this triple threat match? I thought it was really, really good. There was a it few was- botches, but it was still really good. It was so good. I just I hated that I predicted Kylie because I I wanted Kylie. I was pushing that they're gonna push Kylie because they yeah. signed her, but nope, Diamante. I think this is and, and I think I even mentioned to you. I was like, this is Tony Khan. Like, you want to use AEW talent? At least one of them's gotta win. Like, if they have to win. Yeah, I need some your talent over. AEW has to win a few of these matches. Like, so give me one win, and then you can use you know. I'll, you can use Red Velvet, but as long as Diamante gets a win, you can use Layla Hirsch as long as Diamante gets a win. So they had to get their one win on this show. So, and by the way, AAA, no wins for them. They didn't win anything on this show. Uh, Chick Tormenta, who I also didn't really like, by the way. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess she's AAA. It's probably a different style of women's wrestling down there. But I, I if this was Diamante, Kylie Ray straight up, way better. But she wasn't bad in the ring. She actually looked pretty good. Yeah. Freaking wrestling and in a North American style, in an American style, is different than probably what she's used to. It's like she wasn't as bad as she probably could have been. Could yeah, have been. no, that's a good point. Like it could have been way worse. Like you know, I mean, but I, I, I do. I think one of the botches that I remember was her. So I was like, who's this? Who's this lady they brought in? Let's get Diamante Kylie Ray. Fucking three stages of hell. I would. You'd watch that. So okay, oh, next yeah. next match, uh, the, the mini tag team tournament that we had. For the NWA women's. T- By the way, Kyle. Malachi th- Black says vaginas. V- penis and vaginas. There's a theme. By the way, there was penis on this show, by the way, which did kind of annoy me because. I wasn't annoyed. Kyle Davis was being a fucking prankster, like really hard. Um, yes. What's the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion? by? What's her name, by the way? Diana Parata. Oh, you're sure it's not Diana Parata? <laughs> Are you sure that's not who it is? Because I'm pretty sure uh, Kyle Davis made sure Diana Parazza came at her to have a match with Melina Perez, which she said perfectly. Yes. It was, that was a great match. He, he was, was fucking. He was such a douchebag this whole night, though. Yes, Kyle, he was. He really should not have been given that role. They had a female out there with him. So I don't know what that was about where it's like, hey, let's take turns. But even Joe Galley on commentary and then the other guy on commentary, I was like, what is happening? Why are there dudes? Mickey made it seem like this is a night for females, but maybe it's okay to have a male announcer because that's like that's like a cuck position, like you're being cucked. Which, I mean, I would have loved who was Tim Storm the entire night. Just Tim and Velvet. That would have been great. Two man boot. Yeah. You don't need big scouts. Yeah, give me Joe and give me Velvet. Maybe throw Tim Storm out there a few times. Uh, maybe do a couple guest spots. Maybe throw Gale on commentary for a couple because Alundra Blaze also fucking shat the bed on commentary, too. Yeah. She was absolute dog shit on commentary. So 
Medusa's, she was okay, but yeah, it was bad. It was bad. She looked great. I mean, I thought she was going to wrestle. She looked really good. I was like, is she going to wrestle tonight? But when she came out, and like, even when she was giving the belt, she was like, she hands the women the tag belts. I know we're just jumping all over the fucking place. She hands, she, was she hands the women the tag belts, and then she walks like in front of them and does like a pose. Like, me! And then gets out of the ring. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was the most Kyle Davis moment I saw this whole night besides Kyle Davis. So the second match of the night, if we can fucking run down these matches. Yes. It's like me and Geezy running out of pay-per-view. He doesn't watch them, so I have to just talk about other shit. The heck. But at least I watch them. You watch this. You were even volunteering to take notes. I was like, don't take notes. Let's do it! Oh, Quigley, subscribe. Thank you, Quigley. Thank you so much for being a subber. It is much appreciated. Maddie Spice is going to sleep. Don't worry, Maddie Spice. We will be talking about this pay-per-view when you wake up. I feel like we're yeah. making it way more entertaining than it actually was. It was, it was a good show. So was 73, which I'll tell you about 73 since you missed it. This show was very and, – and by the way, it was it felt very fast. It was three hours or like two and a half. Yeah. But it was it felt very fast. So the, the Hex, Allison K, and Marty Bell, this match did kind of annoy me because Marty Bell was crying. And I was like, what are you crying for? Fucking man up. And then Hell on, we- Hell on Heels, which is Renee Michelle, the former Mrs. Drake Maverick, Sahara Seven, who I've never seen before. Um, and by, by the way, I mean, I know that I think Bruce Pritchard doesn't really like Allison Kay. Like he said when he worked with Sienna when she was an impact, she was really kind of a diva and really believed her own hype. Um, but Which she should. But in this match, she did a great job. Like I didn't really like her as NWA Women's Champion. I really like her and Marty Bell because Marty Bell's crying like – it seems like she's still kind of like, I need somebody to remind me what spots to do. Meanwhile, Allison Case fucking just like a badass biker bitch. Really enjoyed her in this match. It was a quick match. Uh, bell time, our ring time is 6 minutes, 54 seconds. And uh, the Hex get the big victory. I predicted the Hex were going to win because, yeah, from every episode of Power that I've watched, these, these two seem like they've always kind of been in the forefront. Maybe not necessarily the champions of anything, but since you're bringing a new belt, you want to put it on some NWA regulars. This is who you give it to. So this, th- which match did you like better, this one or the second one, Red Velvet and Kylan King versus the Free Babes? I would have to say the Hex, even though I do like Kylan King and Red Velvet. They've been doing a good job on Dark because I've watched their tag matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. But, like, I prefer Nausicaa, who I've followed since she was Sienna. Yeah, I got I, I left this show as a big fan of Allison K. Like, I really did. I've, I've always liked Marty Bell. I know I didn't watch a ton of Impact in, in 2016 or 17, whenever the dollhouse was happening. Like, yeah. you can kind of frame it when those, when those promo packages started playing. And then I watched maybe two months after their debut. Like, because it was Jade and Marty, right? Like, those were the two? Jade, Marty, and uh, Rotank, Thurks, Kong was in there. Oh, and wasn't Rebel in there, too, at one point? But yep, either, Rebel. Either way. Yeah. Either way, I was thinking Marty Bell and uh, and uh, Mia Yim. Those were the two that I, like, remember yes. as, as the dollhouse. And I really liked them. I, like, even fast forward to now, I would like to see them as a tag team in WWE. Marty, Mar- why do you think Marty Bell's not gotten that look? I think it's just because Derby doesn't know. Again, like, I don't know how she did well in the Bayon Classic that year, 2017, but she only had like two matches. So I don't think they sh- she showed enough for them to be like, 
we could do something with her. So they're like, we can't. She's, so she's, go ahead. She's hot. I mean, she's she's attractive enough. Like it seems like they could plug her in there and and figure something out. Maybe it's her facials. Like when she wrestles, she kind of doesn't look like she's in a fight. She kind of yeah. looks like she's in a court. Like she does look like she's cheerleading or not even cheerleading. She just looks like she's in a choreographed routine, like a, like a fight in a movie where she's kind of just like going through the motions. Like I don't want to forget this. Tuck, make sure I tuck my chin. Like she kind of was going through a lot of those steps, but. And Allison K there it actually has great facial. Yeah, Allison K comes out there like I'm gonna beat the fuck out of these bitches across the ring. Beats the fuck out of them, wins, walks away like all right, I can't wait for the next one. See you in an hour. Like I don't know, I was like, dude, this chick fucking rules. Like she even had a good match. She's had good matches with Thunder Rosa and stuff. So I can't say that like oh I've never liked her. But I, I think maybe when I heard Bruce didn't like her and I saw her in NWA, I was like, look at you. You think you're hot shit? You're in NWA. You're nothing. But now I'm like, dude, you're the fucking best. Uh, hopefully you win these belts later on tonight. So Red Velvet, Kylie King, they get a big victory as well. I don't really remember that match. I felt like every time Red Velvet's in the ring, my toxic masculinity kicks in, and I just sort of stare at her with my tongue out. So what happened in this match? Was it any good? Who's Jazzy Yang? I don't remember much about, like, from the free babes. I was mainly focusing on Red Velvet and Kylie Yang because I actually know Kylie King and oh, her because oh, you know her together. I watched only in NWA, AEW Dark and Elevation. Jazzy like, I at least have is, seen them wrestle. Is Jazzy Yang somebody's daughter? Oh, she's Jimmy Wang Yang's daughter. Oh, she's Jimmy Yang. Oh, okay. This match, the Free Babes, makes way more sense now. So, Jimmy Wang Yang's daughter and Terry Gordy's daughter, right? That's this tag yes. team, the Free Babes. Wow, I kind of wish they won now that I know who they are. But they lost Red Velvet, and then, okay, so match number four, technically. Uh, this was what I thought was either going to be last or next to last. So when this match happened at this point in the show, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, you know, I think we talked about it the other day, like, already? Like, that's yes. what I felt like. I thought, well, this is the mid. This is the middle of the card. So this was Yeah, the they make you have to just sit down. You have to watch this middle of the card. It's like you don't want to fucking miss maybe they knew the red maybe the red velvet was the popcorn match like because norm because yes. i always talk about where's the popcorn match every pay-per-view has evan Bourne versus jack swagger before the main event just for some reason oh we gotta go to the bathroom like in uh in the 1980s times in the 70s they would just put on the screen intermission like i remember i think my wrestlemania one vhs had the intermission still on it so you would just sit there and you were like wow how long was this thing and you just fast forward and you're like, wow, it legit, like, they didn't cut any of it out. You had to watch that intermission. You know, they would just have it on the screen. You could see the crowd walking around, whatever. But there's no intermission now. So if you didn't take a piss during Red Velvet, you better fucking run to the toilet. Because Deanna Perazzo is making her way to the ring. Now, everybody made fun of her because she, was, she wasn't wearing her normal, like, bodysuit, like her one-piece. She came out wearing a two-piece, showing, showing us her, you know, her, her gut, which is fine. I think it's okay she has a gut. She's got her two-piece on, Chino. Hope keep your tongue yes. in your mouth. She Now, Melina, by the way, when N, when I first started watching NWA and Melina would come out, I was like, oh, she looks pretty good, you know. But you could tell she wasn't in, like, ring shape. Melina's in ring shape now. Melina looks good. And I, this match was really, really, really good. Like, I know we talk a lot of shit about Deanna Parato for not being the hottest chick ever. It's, you know what it is? It's because she's, she's mediocrely hot or, like, kind of hot. So these dudes are confused. Like, I think she's hot, but I don't know. 
So, yeah, so they just have to deny that she's strength. They're so, like, no, she's ugly. So I don't know her. how to feel, so she's bad. No, fuck her. She's not the hottest chick in the world. Fuck her. She she might be like, I don't know. She makes me confused. Fuck her. And then Melina comes out, and she's like, okay, she used to be a 10, a little older now. I'd still give her like a 6 or 7 maybe, maybe an 8 if I'm a little tipsy. I thought she was a 10. They both were 10s in this match. This match was good, Gino. I don't know, like... This this had all the maybe this is what I was in such a good mood watching the pay per view, but definitely no, with this definitely with this match, I just thought I watched magic, and I know that sounds really hyperbolic, but it was so fucking good. If you're good listening point. on the podcast, watch this match, Deanna versus Molina, uh, too. And, and, and the ending was a little. I mean, the winner was predictable. I think there was a few moments in the match where I thought Molina might win. But they also did a really good job at just like, Deanna beat the shit out of her, yes. so there was no way Melina was end up, was gonna end up winning that match at any point. But again, they just both did such an amazing job. Deanna, I think maybe the best women's wrestler today. Oh, easily. I've been saying that for months. Like when she won that Iron Man match, I was like, this chick's really fucking good. And yeah, that Iron Man match was the probably the best women's match of like the past few years her match with jazz was really good she's she's having bangers okay she's t- she gets out there and has didn't, oh, her match with gail did you have a match with gail no she hasn't no i'm gail, thinking of tessa remember? tessa and gail tessa. they had a great match tessa's great so tessa's but, like she's but, right up there she needs to come back to us then she could be up there because like i i remember i was really nervous like when she won when she beat jordan grace for the title i was like well that's not gonna last very long because Jordan beat Frankie Monet. I was like, how the hell is jo- is uh, Deanna going to hold on to this belt? Because, I mean, Frankie Monet was the longest reigning champ. Ty Valkyrie, I can't remember her name. Frankie Monet was the champion for so long. So for her to finally lose it to Jordan Grace, it kind of felt like Jordan Grace was about to have a little bit of a run with the belt. And then when Deanna won it, I was like, whoa, that didn't make any sense. So when Deanna won that Iron Woman match, like that was fucking great. And I'm I'm trying to remember Deanna won. She, I mean, she wins most of her matches by submission, but like every match she has is really freaking good. And it's at the point now where when I'm watching Impact, like she's probably my favorite wrestler. I would have to agree. Like, and her matches are too good. And again, like last again, you didn't watch last week. Melina actually had a match against some jobber talent that they brought. I forget her name. She actually was a independently known and she's good and they made me actually believe that Melina could win oh okay because there was like wrestling match so I was like so Melina won against the job but then she didn't stand tall because Deanna beat her up so I was like maybe Melina could win uh, yeah there was a there's, it again. Well, there's always like and honestly for, for wrestling math and all that shit throw it out the window this is NWA for- Empower we've never had one of these like if you want to like just like even look at it. None of the singles women's titles that they had changed hands. So, like, there wasn't, like, this monumental title change. Uh, we had new tag champs crowned. I mean, that's cool. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't, like, this huge, like... I mean, you're going to remember this pay-per-view for... If you watched it and you saw the crowd and you saw just the, the quality of the matches, you're going to remember this show. But it's not like people are going to be able to look back and go, Oh, uh, Empower... That was the night where Layla Hirsch won the belt. She started her, like, nine-month reign. Like, there's, there's not that moment here. There's not that Austin wins the belt at WrestleMania 14. Like, they don't have that here. So, 
I think that having Deanna win her match the way she did was awesome. And then this tag match to determine the new champs. Now, the first two matches were kind of just squash matches. We, like, you know, we're, we're, we need to get to this. And I thought this was really was a good match. Like, Red Velvet, as much shit as everyone talks about her, I don't really know Kylan King. I've seen her on uh, Dino, uh, Dark before, like when I just kind of watched, you know, Moments of Dark or whatever. And I've seen, but I don't really know her. Um, what happened to Big Swole? Wasn't Big Swole hanging out with these two? Uh, Big Swole has been, like, with these two, yeah. But, like, they're putting her, like, with the singles right now. So, like, they're really pushing her in dark right now, singles wise. Oh, so we're going to get ready for a Big Swole main roster return. Like, doesn't it feel like she's an AEW at the, or, like, she's an NXT? Like, she's not on the AEW main roster. She's on the dark roster. Which the dark roster is fine. Like, again, you're getting wins so you can at least be on the rankings that they care so much about. I just, I don't know. Like, when I, when I think of the way you build a character – Having them beat a bunch of jobbers on YouTube isn't, like, a good character build. Like, the problem is, is she's still going to show up and be Big Swole. Like, there's nothing unique about her. You know, she she's awkward cutting promos. So, like, that's what I think you need. Like, Britt Baker was ready to be champion. Like, and when she turned heel, a lot of people were like, oh, she's kind of cringy. And then a few months go by, and she's like, okay, now she's ready. But it was her character that was ready. It wasn't necessarily, hey, my record's good. Because if all it took was a good record, Hangman would be champion by now. But for some reason, he's always ranked number one, then loses one match, and now he's ranked number five. So, yeah. like, I, like the way they – like, I, I wish I sat in a creative meeting with AEW just to hear all these guys kind of talk this stuff out. Because, honestly, it does seem a little bit like, hey, let's just send Jungle Boy to Dark, let him win 100 matches, and then bring him back up to Dynamite. Because – like, it really is, like, some of these guys who have had all these matches. Like, I watch Ring of the Hawk. Like, when you tell me Ronda Rousey had less than 30 matches, I'm like, did she really? I feel like she had 100. So, yeah, it is kind of weird that some of these people are having all of these matches, but it doesn't matter. We're not seeing them. And that's the thing that sucks. Like, and even though we don't see them, even though we literally can, because they never want to stop producing content because they know that content is what matters in wrestling now is because if you keep eyes on your show, keep eyes on your product, your product will go nowhere but up in their eyes. Yeah, but Dark isn't content. Please. Dark isn't content. We are now joined by, is that Nathan Weller? Nathan Weller, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm at work. I just want to jump in real quick and say, fuck Gino's opinion on wrestling. If he thinks Gianna Perazzo is the fucking best women's wrestler that's been in 20 years. Oh. What a fucking idiot. What would you, who would you, well, like, let's say present day. Like, I have a videotape here. It's got the greatest female match on it. Dream scenario. Who's on it, Nathan? Oh, fuck. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Io Shirai, Asuka. I don't think Deanna's anywhere near that. Really? I would love a Deanna-Eo match, like, so fucking bad. I would love a Deanna-Sasha match. Like, I really think her matches are good, Nathan. You got to watch them. Like, I, no, if Deanna was any good, Triple H would have fucking used her in NXT, and she was barely used. She's she, trash. It's because she had kind of a beer belly, all right? Triple H doesn't like that. It looks like she swallowed a tire. Who's the biggest woman that, uh, like, Nia's really the only big chick he's ever pushed? Otherwise, he just buries these ladies. He needs them to be fit. Oh, Raquel's a big lady. She's not fat, but she's big. Yeah, but and she's sexy as fuck. I mean, if we could let my toxic masculinity shine. I watched, like, a TikTok of her at the gym, and I was just like, this girl is amazing. 
Like I, I don't know why like she, we treat her like she is it because she's flat chested, Nathan? Is that why you don't like the great Raquel Gonzalez? Oh, and she's got a big nose, but I was more of a Tony Storm kind of joke. Let me say that. Let me clap those cheeks real quick. Dude, Tony Storm's hot too. Kira Hogan. You need to watch Kira Hogan wrestle, Nathan, when she walks. Who her, the fuck is that? Her ass like talks while she walks. It's incredible. It's like she's got like she literally has a honky tonk badonka donk. For those who know that song. Is she one of uh, Hulk Hogan's kids that he doesn't know about? Oh, that would be... You know what? She would hate that because she's a woman of color. It would be the worst thing Yeah, for she, she's a woman of color, and he's over here saying the N-word and talking about how she, he didn't... Wasn't like wasn't the, the, the controversy that her daughter was talking to a black guy, and that's what made him cut this promo? Nathan, isn't that what it was? Isn't that what got him in trouble? I'm sure Ricardo knows. Uh, I don't know. Brooke Hogan? Who the... When's she been relevant? Apart from when she was fucking Bully Ray. Who cares what she thinks? I know. I really wish that was, like, still going on. I wish that storyline had played out for, like, a decade. And then all these years later, he just goes, That's it! The jig's up! I'm the leader of the Aces and Eights! That would have been way better. Like, they really... Best storyline in TNA. Why'd they Best blow... storyline. Now, I've listened to Bruce Pritchard talk about it, and he says they never got to finish that storyline. And I don't know what that means, because it seems like it ended exactly... You know what? I can't even remember really how it ended, but I remember watching it week Didn't to week. Mr. Anderson make them disband or something. Did they lose to like the main event mafia? Gino, you got to remember. Did was there a main event mafia three? There was eventually a main event mafia three, but I don't remember if that was because of the aces and eights. Oh, we need to go back and rewatch every episode of Impact to find yeah, out. We need to rewatch the aces and eights. Well, because I remember how it died. Didn't they die? And then like a week later, uh, the hurt or not the hurt business. The beatdown clan weren't they there like right after? So it was like, I always remember my problem with TNA was they would just fucking rinse and repeat. You know, oh Eric Bischoff and Hogan are the heels, they're in charge. No, oh, now they're fired. Like a week later, Dixie Carter's the heel now. She hates AJ Styles. We're gonna have a Dixieland match with a ladder on the stage. That's and, such a fun match. And now she's into ladder. And now she's the heel. And now guess what? Dixie loses control of the company and MVP. A week later, MVP's the heel. Like, it just was just, oh, my gosh, I fucking get it. Whoever is the boss is the heel. Like, that's what's refreshing about Scott Demore right now is that he's just a fucking vanilla good guy backstage. I make the matches. I wear a headset all the time. So I, I love that. But, Nathan, you're not even watching this anymore. You've given up. You don't know Gianna Parazzo and her immaculate talent. No, I haven't watched TNA since 2012. That's apart from that. No, I don't waste my time with that. Didn't Same you with watch... NWA. I heard, I heard Trevor Murdoch's the fucking champion. I know. The last thing I heard about him was he was singing because Lance K dumped his ass. There is a big gap in his career that really does interest me. Like I'm curious why there's such a huge gap in the Trevor Murdoch career. But you watched a little TNA, didn't you? Watch Moose and Rich Swan with me. No, yeah, because you were doing a companion. If you weren't, I wouldn't have fucking wasted my time, and that match sucked. I was so annoyed by that match. I'm sure it was, like, I'm sure Gino loved it. Like, I could just imagine, like, I'm sure regular wrestling fans probably, regular Impact fans, let's say it like that. Because Impact does have these fans, Nathan. Like, if you go on their Instagram, they'll, they'll post, like, a picture of, I don't know, Diener. They'll put a picture of Diener holding, like, a kendo stick, and someone will write, way better than WWE. Like, it's just... Oh, it's just every God. it's in everyone's blood like oh this company's better 
So if you like Impact, you like Impact. I listened to that TNA podcast for a little bit where one of the guys goes, so WrestleMania was this weekend. Did you guys watch? And the other two people go, no, I don't watch that shit anymore. I'm like, what? Like, that shit? You guys are watching Impact weekly and doing a podcast about it. But, no, that that, that Moose match was like, oh, it really ripped out my heart. They watch it. They just don't want to admit it. They know they freaked out when Edge fucking faced Seth Rollins <laughs> at SummerSlam. That match was amazing, but it's the cooling thing. You no, I hate WWE. I, it's all about AEW and Impact. Like they I, watch everything. It's they got to be like me. If you're if you're obsessed with Impact or at least watching Impact, you gotta like WWE. You gotta like the the only company that I don't watch. And like if you showed me if if someone texted me and said, "Hey, you've got to see this new episode of Ring of Honor," that would probably be the only one that I would go. Nah, I'm good. Like even if you said, oh, "You're not missing AC3." I'm not missing my EC. Maybe he did me a favor going there, although I'm incredibly worried. And I sent this to Kevin Scampoli, uh, one of our friends. And, Gino, I might need your help on this because I thought we all agreed that in October we were going to have Braun for glory. And now Braun Strowman's on Instagram talking about controlling the narrative. And then I remembered somebody had a wedding, and Braun and EC3 were, like, hanging out, high-fiving at the wedding. They were, like, both groomsmen. Gino... Is this? Are we about to lose Braun Strowman to Ring of Fucking Honor? No, I believe he's teasing that he's going to work with these three chicks because again, because he's going to go to Impact, which is open to go anywhere. You can go MLW, go AEW, New Japan. He's going to be in Impact. Nathan. We're going to get that dream match: Joe Doring versus Braun. Nathan, don't you want to see Braun versus Joe Doring? Don't you want to see Braun versus Jacob Fatu? Or do you want him to go to? I AEW? don't know who Joe Doring is. But you know Joseph fought too. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's the MLW world champ. He's awesome. But I don't want to see that. I want to see. Fuck, it. he's boring. I never liked Braun anyway. He sucked. What? He was a generic big man who thought he was fucking so cool with his choo-choo train around the ring. He Remember? fucking sucked. Was it his choice to do the choo-choo train? He loved that shit. <laughs> that was him see doing the excitement it. on his face. <laughs> Gino, we all know that's not him doing his job trying happened. to be a oh, baby. Gino, let him yeah. When that happened, you loved Braun Strowman doing his choo-choo train. Although he wasn't just doing his job and trying to be a baby face and getting kids to like him. No, he loved it yeah, himself. It like his you. choice. I will say, I will say, Nathan, Ralphie loves the fucking choo-choo train around the ring. It's the only thing he'll watch about Braun. He didn't want to watch Braun tip over the ambulance. He did, My favorite Braun is still, in an ambulance match. So if we can get that Braun back, I just don't want him to go to Ring of Honor. Like, that worries me. Like, how about that, Nathan? My favorite Braun was when he was facing Johnny Nokia. See, like big sweaty men. See? Like, we if we get, don't you want to see some Braun? If we go to Ring of Honor... We're going to see none brawn. Tyler Speeda no, says Gino always talks Stabby over people he can never let someone finish. Yeah, Gino, when when Nathan's making a ridiculous point about a choo-choo train, just let him finish. <laughs> That's how I do it. I'd rather see Sammy Callahan than Braun Strowman, and Sammy Callahan sucks dick. I'd rather see Sammy versus Braun. And I think oh, and Gino would watch it with me, and we'd message yeah, we'd message each other the whole time. And I would tell him, I go, Gino, I used to hate Sammy Callahan. Now he's my favorite. And then I would, I'd message you, Nathan. I go, hey, Braun's doing a good job in this match. You might want to check it out. And then I'll put it up on the companion when we watch fucking at Braun for Glory. When we're watching Sammy Callahan and Braun, and we're going to love it. If I do a companion, will you love TNA with us? 
Uh, yeah, okay. If you did a companion, I'd fucking watch it, but I wouldn't Says love Gino it. Says Gino, keep interrupting Nathan. <laughs> yeah, keep interrupting right. him. Yeah. Right, here we go, please. Here's what we got to do every Thursday. We got to come up right when Impact starts. Yeah, we need to do a campaign every week. We'll be live every yeah, no, Thursday. Not you, Gino. I don't need to hear you breathing yes, into we the do mic. All three of us. No, he fixed his mic. I, I heard no breathing. Don't you tonight. hear me? Is there any breathing? Good. You see, Nathan? Dumbass. Not you... paying attention. Not listening to the product right now today. You guys are great. Oh. Uh, you know what? You guys you do... don't watch the product. You guys do your show. I'm just going to hang out. The Macho <laughs> Punk says my favorite brawn is when he was squashing Ellsworth. You see, crushed Ellsworth. People loved squash matches with Brock because Braun was over. My favorite Braun is when he won the tag belt with Nicholas. Braun's got so many great yeah. moments, Nathan. How do you well, not like? Sucked. How do you not that was like the worst. this guy? Like we remember Stone. No one fucking liked that. Did you hear Steve Austin when he was like, "You build up this fucking tag team in the bar. You have him losing a minute to a big guy and a nine-year-old. You think that's doing any favors of the business?" Like, no, I think it was a great match. I think Braun is a great tag champ. And look, when him and Ethan Carter III are teaming up in Ring of Honor and they beat, uh, oh, shit, I can't the even Briscoes. remember. No, not the, no, the Briscoes aren't the champs. Who's the champs? Tracy Williams. The champs. Tracy Williams and uh, fucking Kenny King. When he beats them, what a match it's going to be. And I, I, we're going to do a companion for Braun and EC3. Versus, if they do fight the Briscoes, I might actually watch that. But, see, and that's what I hate. I hate Ring of Honor because it always sucks you in. Hey, watch Ethan Carter the Third and Jay Briscoe. It's going to be fun. Watch Roosh and Jay Lethal. And then the whole fucking event is terrible. So Watch Matt Taven have his incredible never-ending story with Vincent. Oh, my gosh. Why is that still happening? Who is Vincent? Vincent is like, he looks like Tyler Rex before the transition. Like, he's just, he looks like Rob Zombie before the transition. Like, it really is just this this guy with hair. And he's kind of doing, like, is he doing, like, a Braun Strowman gimmick? Not a Braun Strowman, a Bray Wyatt gimmick where... He's kind of, like, cultish, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like Elias. I don't know why I didn't think of that. He's like Elias. He just looks like a dirty Elias who's in a cult. And this Matt Taven guy who kind of looks like a fucking 205 Live superstar. He's over here trying to... They're having matches every fucking week. They had a match at, like, a police banquet hall, Nathan, that I swear to God ruined my life like i just was so upset oh, i saw that you played clips now. i saw that oh it was garbage i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe wrestling like that bad was still happening on pay-per-view i paid 10 bucks to watch that if you divide the amount of matches that i watched by the money that i spent i mean that's like a one dollar match that i paid to see that's terrible would you rather see a vincent match or an ec3 entrance where he drops down to his knees and stands up <laughs> oh ec3 entrances i got it like i i I've seen enough Vincent matches because they've all been against Matt Taven. So as long as I can watch, I can watch EC3 drop down, put his hands up, and then he gets back up, and then he does this, and then he does that. So you're at work, Nathan Weller. What are you? What are you working at? Are you? Aren't you like an armed security guard? No, I work in a factory, Fleeties. Oh, I thought you were on lockdown. What's Australia like right now? Aren't you guys fucked? Uh, yeah, my state's pretty fucked now. Um, so Melbourne's fucked. New South Wales is fucked. So if you lived on the east coast of Australia, you're fucked, right? Oh, that's just that's the so you got. And didn't this all start over like one COVID death? Like since everything reopened, one person died, and they were like, "Shut it yeah, down." Yeah, pretty much. It's, yeah, our prem, our or premier, we call them premiers. Yeah, had we had like ten cases, and he's like, "No, nope, shut it all down." Shut it down, like a retribution. Shut it down. 
So yeah, that's oh, well. I hate him as much as Retribution, so he can get fucked. Too. That's true. What if Retribution was was uh... first of all what, that was messed up too. I know there's so many top. I just can't stop thinking of. I didn't even smoke before this. I swear. And every time anyone says a word, I just start going like, "What about this?" Like it just. I'm like the Jimmy Fallon of wrestling podcasts right now. What about this? Here's the interview. So yes, Retribution. Let me ask Gino since you like one of the guys at least. Like. Ooh. Do you think they messed up? Like, was there a different plan, do you think? Because now I know Dijak and Dio Madden weren't throwing bricks through windows because those guys were all 4-1. So what happened? What do you think the original idea was? They probably originally were going to have, like, a whole larger group. But when they got, like, okay, we got to actually find people to be these people instead of just, like, jobbers we can find locally. So then they're like, okay, Mercedes. She says, no, okay, we'll just have Mia, Dio, Dijak, who can wrestle, and we'll be like, we'll put these guys who could work, and Shane Thorne, who's been there already, and we'll see what we can do. Well, then and, you, and you have guys uh, like you have guys like Vince saying, like, no no one under six foot. You have Dijak and Dio who are well over six feet, and you got them in, like, a ridiculous tag team where they wear eye makeup. So, like, I don't know what the ultimate strategy is where, like, why are we – why are we not like using the big man that we have? We have Keith Lee, who we don't really use. And I, I haven't watched Raw from Monday, so for all I know, Keith Lee's the new uh, WWE champion. But I'm, I think it's safe to assume that he's not. Gino, confirm he's not the champ. He is not currently the champion. Like Nathan is. When do you think Keith Lee's going to be the champ, if ever? Uh, Nathan just left that. Oh, perfect. See, I don't think. Sadly, I don't think Keith is going. He could be champion next year. I can see actually maybe thank you so much nathan for coming in and hanging out i know you're at work i appreciate it my friend but yeah it it does feel it does feel like that like when i when i think back to what i wish there was a a something to wrestle with about that because i would like to hear bruce kind of explain like well the original idea was and then he can kind of say like look we had an idea to have retribution almost like a gang of rebels who start their own nwo style faction and we we build their own 205 live faction or something like i don't know it just it seems so odd that all these little kids were coming out and breaking windows and then all of a sudden it's like oh no it was actually do and dijack two seven footers like something went wrong there something went haywire but in regards to nwa and power uh we have the hex after diana wins her match the Hex takes on Velvet and Red Velvet. Malachi Black says, I was getting called into a meeting. Thank you for having me. Velides, fuck you, Gino. Nathan, thank you so much for coming in. Gino, he doesn't mean it. He even said, hold on. Let me see my message. Oh, he sent me a message. He says, Gino is one of my best friends. Please tell him not to take it personal. Actually, let him think it's real. This will build good heat on the indie scene. And maybe we can have a match someday. I don't know what he's talking about. So... Uh, the Hex have their match against Red Velvet, Kyla King. Great match. This is where Medusa was on commentary. And she is the perfect example of why I know these commentators are in on this shit. Like, they know what they're supposed to produce. They're, like, s- supposed to push. They know what they're supposed to, like, sell. Because she's out there going, look at the suplex. Oh, that's not a suplex. Never mind. Like, what do you think of that? Like, she just was out there just talking and be- talking over Joe Galley. Uh, she, tra- she tried her best to ruin the match. But ultimately, we got new tag champ. Now, I like this tag belt uh, in the NWA, but I all, every time we introduce women's tag championships, 
we need to remember to have women's tag teams, Gino. And I'm a little worried because this NWA roster is a little skimpy. Or right now. But again, the good news is we have a lot of talent that was released. We have the inspiration going to make their debut all over the place. That's true. They're going they on could a tour. They go to NWA for all we know. And that, that's true. And maybe they have some sort of a – maybe every wrestler now, when they're a free agent, they're saying, okay, I want to work everywhere. I don't want to have an exclusive contract. I didn't like wrestling for WWE because if I wasn't being used the way I wanted to be used, um, then I can go, I can go. hey, maybe NWA is using me. Like TJP. Like TJP in MLW wasn't really – you know, him and uh, Buku Dao were having matches. But other than that, you go over to Impact, he's winning the X Division title. Like, you know, you can have guys that are doing – Where's he been at, by the way? Well, he actually was just on BTI last week. Yeah, oh, okay. Steve Macklin is up at challenge. Steve oh, I'm, I'm not watching that. Did Steve Macklin win? Yes, Steve not Macklin won. And why then are they PD pushing Steve Macklin? He's because he's Deanna's man. Yeah, but he great. he could be Deanna's man, but he's a fucking terrible wrestler. He reminds he's not terrible. His he's his, okay. his finisher yeah, is like a reverse suplex into a. It's a saving grace into like. It's not bad. It's like a sit-down saving grace, which Devon did. Yeah, but even when Devon did it, we hated it. We were like, wow, we can't what? wait. We can't wait for you to be back with Bubba. Like, nobody, like, singles Devon Dudley, Deacon Devon, or, or not Deacon, Reverend Devon with his collection thing. We wanted – they tried hard to push him. They gave him a move with a name. And even when he did that move as a Dudley boy, it wasn't his finisher. Even the Bubba bomb isn't Bubba Ray's finisher. Like, they, they do it 3D together. That's how they win matches. What was Bully Ray's finisher? A power bomb, or he just hit him with a he hammer? He did the cutter. Oh, that's right. He was dropping the cutter, which is half of a version of a 3D. So, like, that's that saving grace is weak. Steve Macklin just looks like he likes Stone Cold, and he's like, I want to be a tough guy. I'm going to be a Stone Cold when I'm a wrestler. There's nothing interesting about him. Like, watching him attack Petey Williams, like, because I was watching Emergence, and I was like, oh, that's how this feud got started. And the whole time, I'm rooting for Petey Williams, and I'm just like, I don't know what they see in this Macklin guy. You know what this Macklin guy needs? A tag team partner. I think that would be great. If him and Blake just. That would be. Him, and I would love for Blake to come back. Him and Blake never broke up. Forgotten Sons reunion all the time. Put a new soldier with them and we'll be fine. So, yeah, that, I can't. I, I'm not a Steve Macklin guy, but I am a TJP guy. So maybe that's maybe that's a me problem. So yeah. the uh, semi main, second to last match, Camille Brickhouse, who came out looking like a snack, as she always does. Takes on legit Layla Hirsch, who announcers cannot convince me if she's Russian or if she's from New Jersey. Where is this girl from? How does she sound when she talks? Do you know? Is she American or what? I believe she was born in Russia, but then moved to America. Again, I'm yeah, not yeah. When? When she was six months old? Like, like I was born in Hawaii, but I only lived there for eight months. So I don't try and... Again, I, yeah, I, don't, I sadly don't know all her fucking history because I barely pay attention when they talk about her because... They always talk over each other on commentary when they talk about it. And AEW. Oh, and AEW. Yeah, like, she's definitely, like, so Hirsch made her professional wrestling debut at Combat Zone Wrestling. She lost an intergender match. But let's get her personal life. She was born in Moscow. She was adopted by an American couple at the age of eight. So from age eight, so I guess that's pretty Russian. But for some reason, like, they, I can't, they, I can't tell if they want me to believe she's Russian or if she's from New Jersey, like, I think when she talks, there's no accent. But, oh, she's been in a relationship with Ashley Vox since late 2018. Another lesbian wrestling couple. Hashtag wrestling is for everyone, okay? 
So Ashley Vox is with Layla Hirsch. Where's Vo- Vox is wrestling in AEW now too, right? I believe that's where she is currently. Yes. But Layla Hirsch had a great fucking match. Now I talk a yeah. lot of shit about Layla Hirsch. I don't see the hype. Everyone tells me she's really good. I haven't seen it. I don't watch Dark. She had a really good match with Camille. Like, and Camille's been having good matches lately. So I got to give it to her because I have a feeling they didn't let her wrestle a lot because she wasn't good at it. And now she's pretty fucking good at it. This was a kick-ass match. Uh, it, it kind of felt like it was going the way of Deanna and Melina where Layla was like, I just got to work a body part. That's all I can do is work a body part. I, I need to win by submission because otherwise I can't win. And ended up uh, ended up being a pretty good fucking match. And, like, the, the finishing sequence even, like, when, when Layla did that fucking super German suplex off the top rope. Yeah. It made me believe that we can be better people. It was a really fucking cool moment in the match. And, uh, of course, Camila won with, like, the big spear. But it was still a really fucking good match. I I gave it a – this – I think after this one, I was like, no matter what happens, this is a great fucking pay-per-view. Two two excellent title matches, both of them shorter than 15 minutes, and it's still outstanding. Such a good show. Those matches and then – going in to follow that, to try to follow that match was that battle royal, which again, for the crowd reaction, the entire start from start of the match to the end was yeah, like yeah. the right thing to end it with. The crowd, the crowd was into it, and uh, even like the enter, like even Kiara Hogan got a big pop, like yeah. uh, some of these, some of the talent in the middle, I mean, obviously I didn't know, you know, I'm not yes. I'm not out here pretending to know all these people, like um Bianca Corelli, when she came out, I didn't know who that was. And they were like, it's Santino's daughter. And she was taking fucking tough enough episode one body slams. Like, she did not look like she was ready to do this. So, uh, and I know that Santino's like, get her in NXT. That's not a bad idea. Get her there. Let her learn how to wrestle. And then maybe put her on TV. Because this really, to me, this exposed her. Like, oh, she's not ready for this. Uh, Lady, Lady Frost, I know her name. Her name was on the screen for a long time. Jamie Senegal came out with a fucking uh, a drag queen. Did you see this? Yes, I did. What was this about? Like, this drag queen's apparently a wrestler in Mexico? It appears like, but it's not like the one that was in uh, the Lucha Dependiela. It's another one. So, like, it was interesting, too. But, like, I don't remember ever seeing her before. But it, it was it. It's not it was same. an interesting pairing. No, it made me mad. I was, a little, I was annoyed because I'm like, this is an all-women's pay-per-view. So come out here with a dress and a dick and tell me you're a woman. So Jamie Senegal was not going to win. I'm glad she didn't. Genocide, obviously, big lady. Who's who's her dad? I know we, we talked about this fucking last week. I don't remember. I don't remember if we was. talked about who her dad is, but like we were talking about just her group, and I was like, she has to win because Tara Terrell should be getting this big push. Who's her dad? Triple H? Like, like She has a wrestler dad. Like It's definitely like Triple H or maybe Steve Blackman, somebody like that. Uh, Masha Slamovich, she was a pretty cool Russian wrestler. I enjoyed her. Thunder Kitty was bullshit. I was like, <laughs> like I know it was like funny, haha. So for those who didn't watch, Thunder Kitty came out and they said they, you know, she's she's got a hundred years of experience. They kept telling me she's a hundred years old. She was born in nineteen twenty one, and yes. she she was like the first female wrestler. And I was like, what is this gimmick? And why are we why are we okay with it? But because it's NWA and it's fun sometimes. You can have fun. Chelsea Green won with the unprettier. Did she call it the unprettier? It is the unprettier. Yes. She, she hit the unprettier or the kill switch or the impaler, whichever year you started watching Christian. And what do you think about that? It, it was called the the uh, the impaler. 
And then it became first the Impaler, then the Impaler just became the DDT Gangrel and Edge shoes. Well, they call and it the Impaler you, DDT. Yes, and then it's just now it's just Impaler. It but, was yes, it wasn't then, the unprettier until he cut his hair. I mean, he definitely. Yes. and then he made people unpretty, which is what. Uh, yeah, Chelsea does. Even though he was a he was the creepy little bastard. Yes, but, but Tyler Breeze, it made so much sense for him to do the unprettier because he was the model, and it also yeah. made sense for him to do the supermodel kick, which was one of yeah. my favorites. Where's he so, gonna go? Speaking of women's wrestling, what's up with Tyler Breeze? He's not le- He's gonna stay unemployed because he likes he up up down. He doesn't mind like retiring and like just being with up up down down and the sweets one hundred on Twitch. He's got he's got his wrestling school. He's got his Twitch. I mean, yeah, I guess he's just done. I guess yeah, he's safe for that. He could just work with Dilly in his fucking wrestling. What's up his with Adam? Shot. What's up with Adam Cole? Adam Cole's a free agent. I heard. Yes, he officially became a free agent, and just today. Brit Baker confirmed he has no cavities. He's got no cavities. Good. That's a good thing for Adam Cole. He's ready to perform wherever he goes. I also so have no Brit Baker. I have no cavities as well. My wife is, works in the dental field. I have none cavities. I that's I have I'm gonna floss as soon as we're done, I promise. I swear to God, I am ready <laughs> for the floss. So uh, I didn't watch NWA seventy three. Gina, I say we save that. I say because we're already we're already getting into the later innings here. Um, you know what? I can tell you the show. It was a good show. Oh, no. You know what? I, I won't have to watch it. If you, no, I'm still probably going to watch it. Let's go. It's still worth watching. Opening match was a triple threat match. It was a bar in St. Louis. Or what's it called? A brawl yes. in the loo. A Lou. brawl in the loo. Tim Storm versus Tom Latimer. Tom Latimer. Offer oh, a business, mate. Uh, and versus Crimson. Now, this is clearly... Uh, this is clearly NWA showing their dominance over Impact because Bram and Crimson ate the big L here. Was this like, what kind of hardcore match? Was there tax? Tell me there was tax. There was sadly no tax, but there was ladder spots. There was a ladder bridge on that, uh, the steps they had, and to the ring. And Tim put Crimson through it. So Crimson mm-hmm. actually had to go to the back, came back, but yet he was not involved in the final pin. Tom Lambert got pinned by Tim Storm. Just finished. The Iron Storm was great match. What? Tim Storm La- got over like he should. Latimer yes. took the pin. Latimer, we're not doing it right. We, you know what? Maybe Tim Storm deserves it. And the best part is Conrad Thompson was on commentary for this match. Oh, he's learning how to do it. I need to watch this because he. Yes. I remember in an interview he said like, "I've never done commentary. Why would I do commentary now?" He did for both the, that match and the Mickey James and Kyler Ray match, which is next. So they had him out for two matches. They were like, hey, Mickey James, Kyler Ray, we need to be ready for the rest of the show. Mickey James beat Kylie Ray in five minutes? What the fuck happened? What? Yes, it was a good match. Kylie Ray looked strong still. but In five she, minutes? It, I, I she, feel... she had a good bit of offense. She hit the super kick. She almost won, but then Mickey James got the advantage and won. Did anyone cry? Was there any tears in this match? I I cried that I was wrong. <laughs> and did you also cry when did like was there a moment where the the all the people around the room going this is hope this is hope like was there anything like that was there anything empowering? I don't remember like they were thanking Mickey James when she was coming out because of last night they thanked Mickey. Thank you, Mickey. All right, I guess somebody nice somebody uh, Lacey Evans probably cried. Tyrus, yeah. the Mask Man, and Jordan Clearwater they defeated yeah. the De, De, De Pope. And the end. Now, did I? Yeah, I did pick this because I like Jordan Clearwater. He is from yes. Dallas. 
So and I picked Paris because I the the six man tag team champion has to still be champion and win them. Yeah, I mean it makes sense for these guys to win. Just one title. That's three titles in one. So, which I love. I can, so Jordan Clearwater, who 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 eats the pin here? Depulp does he get pinned by Tyrus? I believe it was Depulp. It was Mince. I said yeah, Depulp got the pin, got pinned. Yeah, Pope I, had it. Yeah, the big man. Good. Pope eats the pin. I like Pope as well. Like Pope, one of the biggest missed opportunities in wrestling, in my opinion. But like he should have won, and I think even uh, our friend Marky D one two three agrees. He should have won that title match against AJ Styles at Lockdown. Yes, he should have. That was definitely his time. Like, I don't know what the thinking was because I wasn't even watching uh, Impact at the time. And I bought that DVD for some reason. I don't know why. Um, And I was watching it. And I remember, like, this all the buildup and everything. I was like, dude, is this, is the Pope going to be champion? Like, I almost was like, why am I not watching TNA? And then he lost. I was like, thank God I'm not watching TNA. Uh, so the national championship was on the line. This match is given a lot of time. Yes, uh, it was. So fourteen. Four, so this was a good match. The masterpiece versus James Storm. Yes, James Storm and Chris all got us for so good. And again, the right person won. Like I told you, you didn't believe me that the champion who recently became champion just weeks ago retained. It was months ago. Like I know it's weeks as well, but it's still months. Like. It's within that period of months to depending how far you want to go. Plus, if Tom Latimer is losing his match and Nick Aldis, spoiler alert, is losing his match, I mean, why not have Chris Adonis drop his belt, drop his strap? We already got two title champs. You don't need three. Yeah, but we. what I mean is strictly business. We lost all belts, mate. Because even imagine if Camille lost. Like, what if this NWA 73 was just fucking the, no more belts for strictly business, mate? So, it would have been a, probably even a bigger show than yeah, like really trying to build them up for this next season, in a sense. Of it. Exactly for for the for the next uh, hard times pay per view, whatever they're calling it. Yes. Uh, so there was a battle royal. Was this a battle royal? Or was it like a gauntlet? Yes, it was a battle royal. All the people were in the ring. Who's heartthrob Jaden? I he was an interesting guy. He had like ponytails, like two ponytails. He was interesting. He, I, don't I don't remember if I've seen him before or not. But that's. Luke Hawks. He was be a lot of Luke Hawks was in this match. Isn't he the guy who hates the Styles Clash? I believe he does hate the Styles Clash. He's the guy who's like, you shouldn't do that, AJ. You're going to kill someone one kill day. People. You're going to kill people. Meanwhile, he did it in TNA every fucking Friday afternoon yes. for for years. And then he now he's doing it in WWE. He's injured what? Okay, doing that. Who's he injured with it? Like uh, uh, Yoshitatsu? He almost injured uh, James Ellsworth. He's, but James Ellsworth got saved by saved, AJ. He saved himself. There was a really bad one. Who was it? Maverick Matt? Wasn't it like Matt Matt Bentley or one of those guys? Like It was one of them. Yeah, yeah it was Matt one, something. One of those other guys from, from Impact back in the day. But the Yoshi Tatsu one was pretty bad. Like, I remember seeing yeah. that one. That one looked pretty. I thought Yoshi was going to never wrestle again. Meanwhile, still wrestling. Don't worry about Yoshi Tatsu. He's great. It's just like, but on the other hand, we have Joe who couldn't do the muscle bust for years because he killed Tyson Kidd's career. And yeah. now he does it again one time. He, honestly, he just needs to let go. That's all it is. Like, it's one of those things like the pedigree where when Triple H hit, like, if Triple H hates you, he'll hold on to his hands and not let you block the – you won't be able to stop any impact. It's just going to be your face. But if he likes you, he kind of lets go so you can at least hit your hands on the mat and kind of protect yourself. So the same thing with the muscle bus. Just kind of let go when you're on your way down and just kind of give him some space away. Because what happens – I think what happened to Tyson Kidd was – the back of his head hit like Joe's shoulder and just fucking jacked all the way forward. 
and yeah, he broke his neck and almost was paralyzed. So yeah, shit happens. But there are if you could do the move a hundred times, and like thousands. I mean, the percentage of getting hurt on a Styles class clash clash, jeez, is less than half a percent. Like it really is. He's yeah. done it so many times. I think there's been three dudes who got hurt. It's good. Um, so what's now, the- this battle royal, which I thought power was good. Again, I found people I never knew. Who's and Rush? This guy, who's Rush Freeman? Is that Roosh? That I don't believe is Roosh. He did not look like Roosh. All right, fine. But what I did get surprised was this thirteenth man, because it was originally just a twelve man, Judas, which is Murphy from oh, Impact. Oh, I didn't know that. It's That's Gunner and Murphy. Why is his? Oh, that that Murphy. Yes, Murphy. Not not the real Murphy. Not Buddy Murphy. But Gunner, no, Gunner and not Murphy. Not Buddy Matthews. It's Gunner and Murphy. Oh God, this guy. Matt Murphy, he's back and he can wrestle. Can he? What? He wrestled in this match. You should see it. He was good. Okay, let me. See. I'm seeing someone. I'm seeing a picture of him. He looks like a huge piece of shit. So and I don't know. James Mitchell. James Mitchell's his manager, so he doesn't have to talk. What is this? Why are these the guys? JTG was it? Look at this guy. This guy looks like fucking. Can we get Crimson out here to win a match? What are we doing? You no, got him and James Mitchell because we got to make Murphy look good now. Because it's been years. He looks different now. But I'm, still the same. Quickly, I'm putting house shows into the Styles Clash. I guess nowadays, yeah, if there's only 52 matches a year for AJ and half a percent. Yeah, he definitely, yeah, that's every two years he's breaking a neck. So I'm saying every Styles Clash ever, like, because he's done thousands of them. Tens of thousands yeah. all over the world. Some matches he's had to do it twice. How many calf crushers has he fucking torn somebody's ligaments? Are we going to get rid of the calf crusher? Because we better not. Um, you never should. The calf killer was great. So, uh, and then, okay, so <laughs> fucking Murphy won the Battle Royal. Yes. That. He's just, it's great. In 2021, Murphy, the it, security guard, got a big I know you're acting like way. this is exciting. Like, I don't know if you're, like, legitimately happy. As, like, it's a called fan. sarcasm. It's got to be. Thank you. Like, Murphy won a fucking battle royal. The security guard. Meanwhile, meanwhile, JTG, who's in the best shape of his career, whose uh, friend died. So, like, there's well, all these. That, that was a long time. We don't need to bring that up now. Yeah, it's but I'm just saying time. we have a story for JTG. Like, you know, I, I didn't know. Of course we do. He could be the national champion. He should be in the national champion. Oh, you're rude. Not in this. Yeah, we need. Well, to... that was a national championship match. I just realized that. We need to let. Oh, this was number one. Oh, this is for the. Okay, this is for the national their... champion. Now, long time black says, "Who the fuck is this?" This is Murphy. He he was. He doesn't remember the security guards. Gunner, and, Gunner and Murphy were like Eric Bischoff's like security guards, and they would wrestle every once in a while. And it was terrible, and they would come out, and they would literally be Gunner and Murphy. Like they didn't have it's cool names. Name, Gunner Murphy. I can't believe that this guy is gonna face uh, Chris Adonis. Like. Hopefully Adonis just puts it. to watch an impact match that we never got to see. Oh, thank God. Um, now we get a dream match, an impact. No, I didn't get to see this match. This might be the only, now that I know the results, I, I'll still watch this one. Maybe Trevor. Yeah, it's still a worthwhile match. Maybe Trevor Murdoch. Camille and Chelsea Green for the women's championship. Looks like Camille picks up the double. Yeah. They gave it over 10 minutes. So it was about the same length as the Layla Hirsch, Layla Hirsch match. But what do you think? Better than Layla Hirsch or worse? I would say better in my opinion because they are like of equal size. I don't sure. mind the little person, big person pairing sometimes, but like 
I prefer people of like equal size stature. Well, and when also, we have like a big match like that, that's why I love Haas matches. That's why I love Luke Gallows and Joe Doring, which I will never probably stop remembering how great that match was for. That's yeah, you're Vince. Wow. You're you're definitely Vince McMahon. You're like oh, I, I've always loved big man matches. How is Rey Mysterio gonna beat the Big Show? Damn it! Like that's in your head nonstop. Like you're constantly yes. Big Show again within the crew. Again, we we want to talk about Rey Mysterio for a second. Him winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Big Show should have been the Cruiserweight Champion. If, if yeah, we do well, that. well if, I guess you can go up, but you can't go down. But either way. Oh. Um, I think what would make this Chelsea Green match better to watch is I didn't believe Layla was going to win. Like During the match, there were moments where I was like, holy shit, Layla's going to win the belt. And that could have happened, absolutely. But at least this match on paper, I don't know who's going to win. This match on paper, I can see Chelsea Green leaving with the NWA Women's Champion. Because there is is such a huge difference when you are going into a pay-per-view like a backlash and you have Cesaro versus Roman Reigns. And you're like... Well, Cesaro's not going to win. And then you go into, like, a SummerSlam where you're also sure that Roman Reigns is going to win, but there's still, like, you're looking at it on paper. Like, hmm, I mean, Cena could probably just win this for no reason. Like, you know, like, on paper, that match made a little more sense. So, Just like on paper, in my opinion, you could have seen, like, if you just saw Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, you could see, like, would they finally give Cesaro the belt after all this time? Because they could. They, if they could, really want to push. They could, but they'd rather have him lose than take six weeks off. Yes. So, um. TWFS says, Gino, swallow your food first. Yeah, Gino. Gino, what'd you snack? What'd you have for dinner, Gino? I had uh, shrimp and potatoes. Shrimp? You you support the commercial fishing industry? I do somewhat. Yes, I got it from Polo wow. uh, Fresh, so I'm not entirely Tyler sure. Speeda it is says, Gino likes big, sweaty men. Gino, do you like big, sweaty men and shrimp? Probably. You They're do- technically potatoes. They throw potatoes just like Nia Jackson Charlotte did last night, which that's the only match from Raw you should watch. You actually, it's funny because um, you do like Big Sweaty Men. You actually just said out loud, you, yes. like, you like Joe I Doring. I enjoy Haas matches. Joe Doring, again, you you need to watch that match. Joe Doring and Luke Gallows tore the house down, broke the stage, top rope, clothesline, little reversal because uh, Luke Gallows jumped off the top. Joe Doring clothesline in midair. Look, I like a Luke Gallows match Hello. as much as the next guy. And Joe Doring has had good matches. Like, yes. the first time Joe I saw him, Kojima. Yeah, that was a good match. I When I saw Joe Doring the first time, I was like, Impact sucks. Like, they got this Kid Rock-looking guy, and they're telling me he's, like, huge and important. I've never heard of him. And then they're like, no, he was big in all Japan. I'm like, I don't, no yes. one knows what that is. Uh, if, they, if they know fucking uh, Johnny Ace, they do. Yeah, Johnny Ace in the eighties, in the eighties and early nineties, like you know, they, they everyone knew Road Warrior Hawk too, and the other who was the other who was the fake Road Warrior, the Japanese guy with Hawk. That was a uh, was it Super Animal? Something like no, yeah, it wasn't Animal though. It was like a Japanese guy, but yeah, they did call him like Super Road Warrior, Super Animal, or something like that. But uh, so this La Rebellion. Uh, Bestia six 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 and six 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 and Mecha Wolf four fifty. They are the new tag champs, like we predicted. Triple A. So I guess uh, yesterday night, Triple A lost in that women's match. They get a victory here. They they have the tag belts. Did Steven yes. and Kratos fight each other? What happened? They did not fight each other, but to bring out uh, La Rebellion, Conan was on their corner. 
Oh. And they came out to the LAX theme. It's great. Every time a Mexican is come, like is involved, Conan's like, I gotta be on it. Because Conan's a legend in the I, I gotta again, be on the Mexican it. wrestling. It's like he's royalty to Mexico. Yeah, but so so like if that he's so with Vampiro. them, it gives them even more over. So is Vampiro. Like why, why? that is true, but that's the Vampiro. Hopefully, he's in good health that he could like. Do something. So, so Juventud Guerrera, like so Cicosis, like there's other but legends. Speaking of Juventud, I told you about this at GCW this Saturday. I saw Hoobie's that. Wrestling super crazy. I saw that Juventud Guerrera's wrestling again. I was like, these this fucking guy. I thought he was dead. Now he's yes. back. I'm so proud of Juventud. Wrestling all over the place. Good, good for Hoovy. Uh Gino's gonna love these matches at GCW that are filmed on the camcorder. Yes. It's um, gonna be great. They're having a war games match, and I wonder how the fucking indie promotions get to war games. How are they gonna film it? That's what I'm worried about. Like, it's gonna be interesting. We're I watched. See. Did you watch the Outlaw Mud show they did? Yes, because they wanted to make sure it looked like an Outlaw Mud show. So no, it, no, it looked like it was fucking. It was a backyard. It looked like backyard wrestling. It looked like when you would get a tape of backyard wrestling and you would watch it. You're like, oh, this is pretty fun. Like it's one cameraman. These guys are beating each other up with ropes tied to sticks in their backyard. Like, that's what I feel like when I watch this GCW because, like, you, and you kind of don't realize what a production WWE is. Like, you get annoyed. I keep saying, like, you get annoyed about how many times they put, they pass it back to, like, Kayla Braxton backstage. You know, you get annoyed when they constantly are, like, like, um, you get annoyed when they are putting a microphone in anyone, anyone's face or we're doing a backstage skit. All of these things are pretty annoying, right? But when you're watching GCW, you're, really, you're realizing, oh, wait, they only do that so guys can get out of the ring, new referees can get in the ring, we can do a promo package to set up the next match. Not the Outlaw Mud Show. You just watch a, a hard cam on the ring, and the ring announcer standing there talking to the crowd like, so where are you guys from? Yeah, oh. At least get them hyped up for the next match. At least Kentucky. Huh? K- yeah, Kentucky, you too. Oh, we're doing a show at a barn in Kentucky. You're you're all from Kentucky. Okay. Anyone from New York? No, no, me, just me. Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, I'm glad you guys all made the drive from Kentucky. Like, it's just get the fuck out of here. Give me give me a promo package setting up the next match. Why is Mance Warner fighting Nick Cage? I need, I need to know. So put it. it was just that was a good match too. I was surprised. Put it in a promo. Why are you surprised? It's too. It's too. Death. It's still a good wrestling. It's, it's, it's still surprising. It's still deathmatch wrestling, which I'm kind of on the side of Bruce Pritchard now. Like I watched the bloodiest matches in CZW history, and it really was like I watched a guy get powerbombed through like two glass sheets, and the, he kicked out on like two, and I was like, what the fuck happened? And then like, like. They, they climb to the top of the cage because it was a cage match. He does like a powerbomb through a bunch of shit. And then that was the end of the match. So there are, it was, they kept escalating and escalating. And I get that. But also the beauty of WWE is Kofi Kingston sometimes just wins with the trouble in paradise. <laughs> like he doesn't need to do a trouble in paradise and then kick a chair into your head and then kick barbed wire into your head. And then put your head on thumbtacks and kick it there. You, he just he has a move and he wins with it and it's beautiful. I'm watching yeah. CZW like, come on, this guy just got I hit could, with a sledgehammer full speed into the stomach and he kicked down on one. And that I can completely understand. Like both sides, but I've I enjoy all wrestling. It's like I can enjoy some just bloody carnage, just devastation, never ending matches that they just try to kill each other or look like they're killing each other. Sure. 
Sure, and, and that never ends. And that's fun, but it's also when you see it once, you got it. So when I watch GCW, and I remember there was one night where I literally was on YouTube, wa- looked, I typed in Nick Gage, and I just watched Nick Gage. Then I typed in Necro Butcher, and I went on a little deathmatch spree. But my problem with those matches are is eventually it's got to end somehow. And yeah. the, you need that huge climax. And if you don't get that huge climax, it really does feel well, like, what are we, why was that the end of the match? Like, all of this gore, all this carnage. Joey Janela's got barbed wire attached to his back. DDT, one, two, three. Could have just DDT'd him earlier then. What you, all this stuff you went through, just DDT the motherfucker. So, those again, are, I could have said the psychology is completely different. That's yeah. why. Yeah. You have to live you, in a different universe. It's the choir taste. You do have to like suspend your disbelief of wrestling for death matches. Like I already have to suspend my disbelief to watch wrestling, and, That's and, and now I have to do it even more because I like UFC. I watch MMA, so I watch that. And I'm like, this is fucking fake. Then I go to wrestling. I'm like, this is faker, but but I like it. And then I go to death matches. I'm like, this is the fakest, but it's really gory and extreme, and I like that they are real men being actually hurt. So it definitely feels like there's a lot of want from the competitors in there. But at the end of it all, it's still, you know, just do a DDT. Give me a couple suplexes. It makes it feel special when I see a shooting star press. And that's why, you know, one of my my notes about the worst championships was the hardcore title. Because you would watch a hardcore match where guys are beating each other with chairs and shit and kicking out on two. And then you go to your next match and somebody's winning with a swanton bomb. So when you take... You have to live in the fake world, uh, and you have to. The rules need to be consistent in the fake world, and I that's think that's. I think death matches kind of lose me, and even kicking out a finisher sometimes, like it needs to be special. So, th- like that. And that's kind yeah. of what I do like about again what GCW does. Nick Gage is choke breaker. No one's kicked out. Of him. See, even maybe. though he can lose or like win, his choke breaker is his finish, and if he hits it, it's, you're dead. You're pretty much done. So again, I can understand the psychology. Like, you have to do all this shit just to do your move, and I can understand like you could just do your move. But like at the same time, they want to still make the move be impactful and save that move as the finish. Trevor Murdoch. Yes, his big win finally. So now I brought this up earlier. There is a large gap in the career of Murdoch for me, where it really does feel like WWE. And then he pops up in TNA as Jethro Holiday, and like, what year was that? I don't remember. That was like for a very short time. He was Jethro, like I think a month, maybe. Well, I guess first he was stand up, right? Wasn't that <laughs> at the first place he popped up? I think up? that was his first day was stand. Up. Yeah, he was stand up because he was one of the dubs in TNA. <laughs> but this belt, do you know? This belt has been held and by. Now it's a goal. It's been held by Ric Flair, Nick Aldis. Ricky Steamboat, Harley Race, Barry Windham, Shane Douglas for a couple minutes, and he threw it on the ground. Um, I think Jimmy Stuck even had this. Like a lot of guys, a lot of Dusty Ra- Dusty Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Um, who all? See all of these men that Trevor Murdoch is wrestling for. Ken, these legends that he is in honoring of because of this win. Christian Cage, like all these things, and I don't know. It just seems like we've. Now I got now this isn't the same Trevor Murdoch that we had in WWE. He can cut a promo. But it's still Trevor Murdoch just beat Nick all like 
They called us for the champion for 500 fucking days. 1,000 days. 1,000 days! Imagine! But he couldn't have it for like two years. He could have been the champion for another thousand, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to lose it, it's got to be a huge guy that you're putting over. And if you're in WA, can we get somebody young? Can we get somebody that we're, like, trying to push? I mean, and JTG's probably in his mid-30s. James Storm's in his late 30s. Tom Latimer. Like, I thought that was the obvious setup was eventually we were going to get to Aldous Latimer. They were going to break up. Now they're feuding for the belt. They made. Well, I think what they're gonna have is Latimer, Murdoch, and Latimer's gonna actually they're gonna have Latimer. They're gonna first have Murdoch and Storm. Now I think that first, just have like because he wants to honor Legends and Tim Storm does as well. So it's these two big bay faces to see who actually will hold the legacy of the ten pounds of gold better. Don't you, don't you hate that? I don't know. I feel like I hate that. Trevor Murdoch. I Tim's... don't. I hate that Murdoch. I don't hate that he's champion because I. Don't, didn't want to see his career end, but I also didn't mind the idea of him retiring. We're just, like I wasn't upset with him winning. We're just naming a lot of better wrestlers, and then we're like, yeah, Tim Storm and Trevor Murdoch. Like, we're, here we are looking at a roster that has Tom Latimer. It's got Crimson on it. It's got James Storm. It's got JTG. It's even got Chris Adonis. I'll throw Tyrus in there. It's got Jordan Clearwater. He's from Dallas. It's got The Pope. I mean, this roster's pretty stacked. Marche Rocket's pretty good. There could be other guys in the main event, and you're pumped to tell me you want to watch 40-year-old Trevor Murdoch versus 55-year-old Tim Storm like this is the main event of SummerSlam. Again, it would be a main event for, like, again, whatever their next show is before, like, their biggest show, which, again, I don't know if they're going to have, like, one show that's going to be, like, their action all around. Like, if this is going to be what they're going to do every year, it's, like, a 73, 74, 75. I think they did a set. The last one they did was the 70th because that was the one where Cody lost the belt, right? Like, that was where Nick Aldis won it. So, that was the last big title change. That show had Ellsworth on it. That show had Sam Shaw, Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky. It just had everyone because AEW was like, well, they get what was going to become AEW. Yeah, AEW was announced in January. So, this was like, hey, you're not an impact. You're not in Ring of Honor. Come wrestle here. And yeah, it's funny. Like, when you watch MLW in like 2018. It's even. It's like wow. They had a lot of fucking people that now work in AEW. Like it's just also like besides that. Also, what was it like the what's it called the thing of Hollywood that promotion that had like literally everyone as well. That's in AEW. Yeah, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, they had all those guys. Well, I remember Adam Pierce. I, I mean, that's kind of a local show for me. That was on KDOC Channel Fifty Six. Uh, Adam Pierce was the champion there for like a long time, and I watched Adam Pierce matches on TV. Yeah, former NWA World's Champion, Adam Pierce. Scrap Iron. We saw him live. Kevin and I saw him live. We don't really remember the match. We don't really remember who he wrestled. He might have wrestled Willie Mack, uh, which was great. Willie Mack is from Vegas, I believe, but he's near L.A. So, yeah, yeah. That, that West Coast scene was pretty hot back in that day. I think Gargano was there, Candice LeRae. I mean, obviously, PWG was in L.A., so it was like... You know. It was just right there. You could just work both shows. Yeah, we... Here, and, next one, yeah, next Young Bucks, pass. Scorpio Sky with an MMA background that we all just learned about this past week. Um, but either way, I don't know. I, I will check this show out. I don't know. I just – Trevor Murdoch is champion just kind of rubs me in a weird way. Now, if I had watched the build of this match, maybe I would be like the, the, the people in the crowd who were going ape shit for Trevor Murdoch every week. But I'm not that guy. I, I like Trevor, but it's not like I want him to be the champion. Like, I talk about this. Well, you have to look at your champion and compare him to you, to the other champions. I know this is NWA, so it's different. 
But I can make a, an argument like with Nick Aldis as the world champion. You can argue, you know, oh, well, I'd like to see Nick Aldis and, and Christian or Nick Aldis and Kenny Omega. Like, he's kind of on those levels. Maybe I mean, obviously, no one's on a Reigns level right now, but or, or on a Bobby level. Those guys are those guys are great champions. But even you can at least say on a list of the champions, Nick Aldis doesn't look like a ridiculous name. Trevor Murdoch stands out like a sore thumb as far as like that's the cha- that's your champion that your your guy that's who it is that's who you picked to be the champion it just seems really and, and the storyline must be great and the nwa fans must be behind it but i'm not one of those people gino i completely understand i'm not entirely behind either but i understood last show last match of this two night event they wanted to let the fans leave home happy with this big baby face that they were all behind not having to lose his career <laughs> so i understood so i wasn't upset at the time but like i'm curious where this is going to go for me that's what i'm more is like who's gonna beat this big man trevor Burton to be the champion i'm a- it could be tom latimer that could then start the feud be like nick Aldis is gonna be pissed at latimer's champion and that he should be champion so that's gonna start the feud did you know they did a nwa 60th anniversary show I did not. It was what did a, they do? It was in 2008, and the attendance was 2,500. And it makes me so sad because they said that this was the smallest crowd that this 18,000-seat venue had ever seen. Like, it made me so sad. Like, they had this this show. They were probably so excited for it. 18,000-seat arena in 2008 before, like, Twitter blew up. And they just – this thing was not – no one wanted to see this shit at all. And this was after the NWA had, had separated from TNA, right? I believe so. It was 2008, so yeah, be separated from TNA. Oh I think it would God. still be with Ring of Honor, I think, or was it before Ring of Honor? Did the NWA title go to Ring of Honor? I remember that. It did. That's why Adam Pearce is former NWA champion. What? I thought he won it on the Indies. No, he won it in Ring of Honor, if I recall. He went to Ring of Honor for like a short time. Who fucking cares? Because uh, yes. uh, it's weird to see this card because there's guys on it that I know I recognize. It's got Aaron Stevens, it's got Blue Demon Jr., it's got X Pac, Abdullah the Butcher, Rob Conway, uh, PCOs on this card. Like there's re- there's re- there's wrestlers on this card that happened in 2008, but this was really before I think indie wrestling became as viral and as popular as it could have. I mean, there wasn't a lot of outlets. Like, was this yeah. on pay-per-view? Like, how, who even heard about it? on pay-per-view. Like, was it... Re- like, that's... Go ahead. Was it recorded? Like, can you can we watch it? Uh, we could find out where yeah. this was and if there is a tape. Yeah, I want to watch... I, I want to watch Sid Vicious versus the Players Club in a handicap match. Like, the, uh, this looks terrible. Oh, the Midnight Express wrestled. The Rock and Roll Express. So they really were pushing this as like a historic, this is the history of wrestling. It's all right here. You guys are going to love this. And, and for 2008, that probably would have been good, actually. Rock, oh. roll, and midnight. Oh, my gosh. Chad Tubad's on this card, too. <laughs> I, I got to watch the show. This seems like it's it's going to live in infamy. They were running anniversary shows. They have a 57th anniversary show. So, I mean, they, they've been trying. This NWA has been around for a minute, all right? It's not a new thing. But I just think this show, this 73 ends with Trevor Murdoch as their champ, their champion. They have a lot of good talent. 
So it just seems kind of odd that Trevor Murdoch is their number one guy. For right now. It's a temporary champion, I do believe. It's going to change hands in no time. Temporary as it seems. Before we go, I did want to talk about it because I did write it down. Um, some of the worst championships, because when I was listening to Sumner WrestleRef, I was like, okay, um, I agree. Like, when they introduced, like, when I was listening to the episode today, you know, Conrad even says, like, Vince Russo, Vince Russo says, you know, we were very deliberate with our championships. We didn't just make them up. They were all, like, a natural progression, blah, blah, blah. And it was, like, this weird, like, okay, we have a natural reason, like, there's a... These titles all have a, a definitive reason why they exist. And the hardcore title, I get it. Like, hey, Mick, you want your own belt? Here's a hardcore title. Very quickly, it gets lost into this weird shuffle of Boss Man, Al Snow, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. Whoever wants it, you can have it. Crash Holly 24-7 rule. A lot of great segments came from the hardcore title. So, like, I don't really, you know, it's okay. That's fine. And then he, he referenced the European title, which is kind of a stupid belt. Like, you know, I guess WCW has a, has a United States championship. Here we have a European championship. It's a whole continent. So Davey Boy Smith is going to be the champion. But other than that, like, even when D'Lo Brown was the champion, he was from Helsinki, Finland or whatever. Like, they, were, they made it into a gimmick. Like, you had to be from Europe. But it, it almost fell into the role of, like, not quite intercontinental. But it was still a title. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, you still wanted it because it was a title. It wasn't hardcore because you didn't, you know, you didn't want to fight with trash cans and stuff. But you weren't as good. The Intercontinental Champions are supposed to be next in line for work for the WWF title. So at least the European was like, I might not ever even be Intercontinental, but maybe I'll be. This is the first step towards that. But this, well, since we're talking about the European, really quickly. We're talking about how bad that was. That the six step was it worse than the world elite title in Impact? Oh uh, no, the world elite title. That secondary title in Impact, just call it the United States title. They really had no identity. They were so afraid on what to yes. name the this fucking belt, the Legends, the Legends title, the, the world elite, the global title. Like the the world is the globe. What the fuck are you talking about? So they they had no identity. That was their big issue, and uh, when it was when it was switched to a television title, because a lot of people do like a television title. Um, I think a television title works when you do it for like, and then not even an NWA like a, like seven minutes six seconds. That, that that's fine, but I even mean like shows that don't need it. Maybe like a Sunday Night Heat. Give that a television title. That way, Heartsmate in Japan says two more sleeps till college football. College football, Michigan returns. I think this is the final season of. I know Big Ten's not involved in that deal, or are they involved in that deal? There's some oh, super alliance, you know. There's a, a super alliance in college football coming. It's like, I think it is Big Ten, ACC. Malachi Black says, "What the fuck is World Elite Title?" Oh God, could you can you explain it, Gino? I don't even remember. Okay, what the World Elite did. What Eric Young did is he had this team called the World Elite. And in the World Elite, it was people outside of America because they were better than Americans. And what they did with the Legends is they changed it, where now the only people can challenge for this title is someone, anyone, outside of America. Oh, God. No Americans can challenge for it because they're better than Americans. 
What a fucking stupid title. It's almost like their grand championship with like the rounds and the scoring system. Like the grand champ was it was good, but like they didn't really know what to do with it for a while after. It was an idea. It. I mean, sure, it's an idea. Like and I, and I brought this up a few weeks ago. One thing if wrestling, all these wrestling companies are trying to like find a new niche. I I think even MLW kind of tries this but fails. Do legit weight classes. Do legitimate Hey, this this belt is the heavyweight belts. Every you know, two hundred twenty five pound, uh, or just no limit on the heavyweight. But if you want to do like light heavyweight, this is the you know you have to weigh at least, or you can weigh a maximum of two hundred five pounds. Then do a do, do a middleweight or whatever. One hundred eighty five pounds is the limit, and treat these titles all the same, because the problem is is with the cruiserweight title, with the grand championship, with all these mini all these extra belts, if they're not the the main title then they're obviously lesser so even the intercontinental is obviously a lesser it's the it's the minor title according to smackdown versus raw but i still look at if you had a show like a ufc where look austin aries is not a heavyweight champion but you could push him as a really good middleweight champion you can push leo rush as a really important middleweight contender and as long as you don't cross contaminate those talents let the cruiserweights only feud with cruiserweights let the middleweight like Make sure everyone is staying. Like, don't have Rey Mysterio go fight Big Show. Have Rey Mysterio keep, unless he wants to. And then, like, hey, he's fighting above his weight. Like, on MLW, when somebody fight, when a cruiserweight fights Calvin Tankman, they're going down. You know, and the announcers even say, like, oh, he's taking a fight above his weight class to hopefully impress the, the management here at MLW. And then he gets his fucking ass beat. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff is silly, but I think that would work. When I go to WWF's light heavyweight title, what the fuck wasn't the what was the weight restriction on this thing? I don't remember exactly, but I remember there was that whole story with Matt Hardy who just made it thanks to Attitude. Well, that was the cruiserweight title. That was after WCW had merged. Oh yeah, it was after. I forgot the light. Ever. That was no. That was no way out. Two thousand three, and yeah. yeah, he was drinking the banana juice. He was getting the BJ's with Shannon Moore, and he was staying close to the nut butter. I don't. I remember Taz was making all these jokes when I was a kid, and I like. I, I didn't know what they were all, at all at the time. Now that I'm older. So this had a maximum weight limit of 215 pounds, which is still kind of a lot. Like, that, that seems like a lot. Um, although 205, I mean, not much, but 10-pound difference. But still, like, isn't Johnny Nitro 215? Like, he could be a cruiserweight. One of the video games, he was a cruiserweight. I was like, what? Uh, John was a cruiserweight, too, and Ric Flair was as well. Yeah, what is that? Ric Flair's a cruiserweight, according to the video game. That really was just... Well, we want to be able to have more guys win these cruiserweight titles. Yes. Make Flair cruiserweight. Right, so you no. can build your show to have like Ric Flair, Sean, and feud them for the cruiserweight title. Yeah, for, yeah, Sean. Sean's a cruiserweight. I think WWE just really didn't. They don't appreciate a difference in weight class. They just they look at giants. They're like you. They're looking for big guys. We need Joe yes. Doring to be our. We need Mark Chindrak to we, be the big guy and Silva. We, we need, need we need Chindrak to be the cruiserweight champion. So yeah, they debuted this this title, and I remember seeing it defended on like Velocity, and not Velocity, uh, Jacked. I saw it on Heat. Like this belt was just fucking useless. It wasn't around very long. Thankfully, it was. It showed up in '97, right? Is that when it came up? Yeah. And it, you think, Vince doesn't watch any other wrestling, I guess. Like he has his own thing because. He could be imitating like the Super Juniors or the the Jacob. Like he could be doing awesome. They did a cruiserweight classic, 
Like they could be doing awesome things with these smaller, lighter wrestlers, and then at the end of the end of the day, it just comes down to you know, oh, look at Bobby Lashley. Like it just comes down to that. Look at Brock. You got to be impressive physically. Walking through the airport, you got to stand out as a as an athlete, like a football player. That's the thing. Like I've always been a fan. Like besides just big men, also. Super Juniors, like I've loved Liger, and what he did for Super Juniors, and like even for the cruiserweight division in WCW for the short while he was there, and what he has done for wrestling. So that the Vince didn't watch the other product besides WCW, probably just so he could be like, "What's this competition trying to do?" I believe he watched WCW. I he might have watched WCW like on accident, like they talked about how it would be on some of the TVs backstage. Like, he's probably seen a little bit of it. I mean, obviously... Yeah, but he wasn't watching everything, like, no. New Japan, when it was starting at All Japan, for him to, like, really come up with his own ideas of what they're doing to try to take their audience. Yeah, because even, even listening to, like, some of the ECW talk, you know, for, uh, you know, I was listening to this hardcore championship episode today of something to wrestle with. Even when they're talking about ECW, like, Bruce even doesn't even give ECW, like, credit for... Well, look, ECW was hardcore. We wanted to take some of that audience. We make a hardcore title. And he doesn't even say it like that. He he really makes it about Mick Foley had these anti-hardcore promos in ECW. We really liked Mick's work, so we give all credit to Mick for this title. And it just feels like, you know, EC, like even though you're unintentionally doing like you're you're making an ECW division of your show. Like that's what you're doing. That's why Al Snow is so prevalent for the hardcore title. It just that's why when Taz when Taz Taz had nothing to do and they were like, "Hey Taz, you want to be hardcore champion?" and he said no. Like he didn't want to be, but then they would put him in these matches to make him hardcore champion. So I could it just seemed like, "Hey, we're not we're not going to rip off ECW, but we do it anyway." And it almost is like an accident. Like like we're saying, he's not really watching it, but he accidentally sometimes is copying and when it comes to all the other wrestling in the world, I believe he probably did watch a little ECW because he paid, he was paying into it. He probably watched WCW because they were at war. He's never seen Dynamite. He's never seen Dark. He's never seen Fusion. He's never seen New Japan. Like, all this stuff to him is not – he doesn't think he's wrestling still. He's sports entertainment. So he has no competition. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I mean – He has the monopoly of sports entertainment because everything else is wrestling. He just never do how did I get They here? make movies. List of, how come I go to list of WWF championships and like the list of champions starts with like guys from New Japan? Like why is Paraguayo the first name on here? Are they are they trying to convince me that this belt's lineage uh, goes back all the way to this time? I mean, I'm not entirely sure like how far back. Like it's going to be WWE, WWF, WWE. World class. We're being world class. Here's where WWF kind of goes. Okay, now it's our belt. Takami Mishinoku, Christian. Christian won the belt. I think in his first match. Um, Christian's the champ. Gilberg, S.A. Rios. Like it really was. And then when you look at how many days these guys were champions, was Gilberg really the champion for 448 fucking days? They probably didn't know what to do with Gilbert, so they didn't want to make him a joke of Goldberg even more. Yeah, but who cares that, about the belt? Let's I mean, let's who cares about Gilbert? We have a championship that's just on 
Gilberg. <laughs> yes, because I think was Goldberg champion at the time too. I think he or won it, and I think he won it in the summer of '98. So yeah, I mean, he was he was probably. They wanted to really just mirror and be like, "Oh, look, here's the competition. Here's what you're watching is Gilbert when you go to WCW." Yeah, because I think he lost. Because I think he loses the belt in December of '98. So, um, yeah, I think this is where. You, so in November, WWF is like, "Let's have Gilbert win the fucking belt," and then SA Rios on a Sunday night heat just wins the belt like this guy was champion for 448 days he and, lost it to S.A. Rios was he with lead at the time or had, was that not had to be S.A. Rios only had like yeah. 10 matches in WWE uh, right Dean Malenko won the belt and it kind of seemed like hey this could be a good chance to legitimize this thing he loses it 35 days later to Scotty Tuhati. Um and then I mean he wins it back sure he wins it back uh, I think the following week on Smackdown and then that does start a 322-day reign. So he was – and I didn't really remember seeing him wrestle on SmackDown with the fucking belt or Raw. Like, this is in the year 2000. Like, I, I, there, just there wasn't a ton of Team Malenko. Yep. They just haven't held belt and not be on team. When did so it go So the talent's different. They want to use it. <laughs> it was big yawn. It's, it's sleepy time for me. It's nice. Xbox. Uh, was the last champion. So I guess, I don't, I don't know, it just seems so odd. And they they when they merged the belt with the Cruiserweight title, they kept the Cruiserweight title. Because even deep down, I they had to believe that this fucking belt was a joke. And I, I want to even say, was the Cruiserweight title originally... Yeah, the, even their their maximum weight limit was, was 225. So wrestling is so full of shit. Like, wrestling really likes to inflate how much these guys weigh. And then they're like, oh... I mean, I guess in boxing, cruiserweight's like 200 pounds. So, I mean. Malachi Black says YouTube become watch BLCDV and PFM. I don't even know what that means. What did he mean by that? The link. He sent a link. To oh, it's a YouTube link. It just read it out loud. I was like, what does this yes. all mean? What does it mean? Like, that's that was all I could think in my head. Let's see what he sent. What did Nathan Weller? Is it our farewell? Ew. Rezzo, 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 subbing, bro, on Trovo and Twitch tonight, going for the double. Say, uh, so, uh, smash that like button on YouTube or whatever those guys tell everyone to do. Yeah, subscribe and hit the bell so you can be ready for the next stream. I think this is our our walkout song. This is our walkout song. Nathan's right. It's only fitting that we get our Gilbert theme. Because obviously Gilbert's theme was far superior to that of Goldberg's. So, Gino, we ran down NWA 73. We ran down NWA Empower. Uh, I think I'm back this Thursday. I'm just going to say I think. Put a tentative in there. This room might be empty on Thursday. Who knows? We're going to find out. But either or. Uh, thank you so much for downloading. We had a great chat. A lot of nerdy wrestling shit. That's going to be my new thing, Gino, is I'm going to just listen to wrestling stuff and then come to you and go, Gino, why did they do this? What are your thoughts on this? Do you believe the conspiracy around this? So hey, This would be perfect, man. Us just discussing podcasts. The podcast discussion podcast. It's like it's like Kevin and, and Danny in the early days. It was just fucking one guy was crazy, saying a lot of shit really fast, passing it to the most passionate wrestling fan he's ever met. So... I'm riding off into that sunset, Gino. Gino, you have a great rest of your evening, and I'll see you tomorrow for the whole fucking show. See you tomorrow, bro. There, there is Sonic Gino. 
Matty Spice disconnected him. Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. I hope that you guys all enjoyed this edition of Belites. Uh, I know I did. I know I came in. Uh, I really had like no notes, really. I know that's always fun to admit. Like I had very minimal notes for this. I was like, I'm going out swinging, bros. So I didn't know what was going to happen, but I think it all worked out for the best. So thank you guys so much for coming in. Subscribe, Trovo, Twitch, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Review wherever you can. And uh, this Thursday, me and Geezy will be. I think Geezy's back. I'm not 100% sure. I know that I got to get to bed. So have a good rest of your night, everybody. I'll see you guys tomorrow for the whole fucking show. Reskismo says, did you know Gilbert almost died a couple of years ago? I did. I know that. I think I think it was Ellsworth started like the GoFundMe for him, like to save his life. Hang in there, Gilbert. Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code Champion two hundred and win two hundred dollars in free bets when you place a ten dollars money line wager on any Major League Baseball game, and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be twenty one years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight 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 five three two thirty five hundred. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.